Material Components Episode 66 House Lyodon Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Ergoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. I appreciate that you're here with me today. Woo! Thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Hell um, yeah. I just want to say up at the top, uh, we are not being sponsored by Field Notes. It is important to say that up front, but I did drunkenly buy their and nobody else can see this i don't know why i'm holding it up um their their 5e character journals uh, to try out, uh, well again i drunkenly bought them but i'm going to try out one of them tonight and uh see how it goes very excited i want to buy one sponsored by field notes yeah i definitely want to buy cannot one. stress this enough <laughs> would we like to be but though? also field notes <laughs> sure i Draplin. wouldn't refuse it draplin at me wouldn't mind being sponsored by such a fine, fine product. Um, <laughs> Could never be easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who are we? Yeah, who oh, are God. we? Who, Other than who even are chills. we? But, but really, <laughs> what we're asking tonight is, who are we? Uh, I'm Olivia, and I'm playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Cherish Iron Strike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. I am Michael, and I'm playing Sid Emberlight, Half-Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the sick, sick Hobgoblin Warlock. I was gonna say, that little, that little half-orc kid is back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, 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 Maximum Horkheimer. Maximum, yeah. <laughs> Turns out Maximum and Reed Morris are the exact same person. <laughs> God. All that Triple separates them one. is the common cold. Yep. <laughs> When when Reed isn't Grawl, he's Maximum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, indeed. So, I would like to begin this session the same way I begin every session, though. And that is by asking all of you, if you remember, oh, what happened last time? I do. Yes. For the most part. We finished our journey and got to Ferium's ear. And we won D&D. &D. Mm-hmm. Uh... Well, we did a couple of things first. Um, <laughs> just a few things. Some uh, things happened to us. Yeah. Um, Such as? Was the wild hunt? The wild hunt was like the first thing that happened, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we fought werewolves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you fought. We don't, we don't know that. tech. Oh, yes, we do. Okay, I lied. Yeah, they turned back into people. Yeah. yeah. They were elves. And somebody I forgot. said something about something. Yeah. That sounds like us. Yeah. So some my uh, people who were, in fact, wolves that then turned back into people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and a couple of folks had to make some saving throws, and I guess we'll see what all that turns out <laughs> to be. Three out of four of us failed, failed saving throws? Is that I never got bit. No, oh. it's just the two of you. Just okay. you and Grawl. Okay, and Hank nice. got well, bit, but he's Hank a got bit too. construct, and he made a save anyway. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Didn't you? You told me he made a save. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I say a lot of exactly. things. Exactly. 
I really want to see a werewolf construct. This is, I this told is you. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because he loves cool. me. Yeah. Because I'm wearing the amulet. Mm -hmm. Yes. Specifically. But what happens when it's overridden by the lust for blood and meat? <laughs> We'll have to find out. Anyway, Your tender, tender tiefling flesh. <laughs> yeah, this week on Material Components, you did indeed encounter the Wild Hunt, a band of wolf folk being led by the Lord of the Hunt, an archfey of some robust masculinity that uh, confronted our good friend Tirza. And like, if this dude is like my closest. <laughs> ally on the fan moot i'm so fucked oh my god uh he's not had a your nice closest chat. ally on the fan moot we all know your best best friend on the fan moot is puck i don't i don't know that i don't believe that <laughs> but uh we had a nice conversation and then at the end of it he was like but i'm still gonna have my dogs hunt you <laughs> not you just your friends yeah Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, that actually makes sense considering they all ran right past me and mm -hmm. and didn't start attacking you until you shot them with lightning. Yeah. I did do that. <laughs> it was very fun. <laughs> but yes, after your encounter with the wild hunt and uh, subsequently beating back those Wolven folk, you kept on marching through the day, eventually making camp on your penultimate travel through the Eastwood, and you had a bit of an encounter while you slept. If you remember what that was. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was also a thing Ooh. that happened to me. Uh, I was was taking watch with Canaeus, and all of a sudden noticed that... Uh, there was stuff moving around in the shadows. Mm. And, uh... And going into Cherish's bag. Ooh. Where our nuclear bomb is. <laughs> like, several nuclear bombs. Like, it's not one. It's a, a, it's it's a deck of one. nuclear bombs. <laughs> yes, and in fact, a... So. <laughs> a fey interloper managed to snag the deck of many things and roll a couple of cards off the top. And as far as you know, nothing bad has happened. Mm-hmm. It's probably fine, honestly. In all likelihood, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if Mike lied to us about which cards were actually drawn, or, or I'm, I'm just not sure. He's not, not that devious. Mm. Oh, no. Is he? <laughs> it's not as though the first card roll off the top of the deck was the moon. This thing got three wishes and they've already come to fruition. Mm. No, in fact, then, it rolled off the rogue and the vizier. And uh, yes. what precisely those cards affects? Uh, well, they shall ripple out into the world and we shall see. Yeah, especially now that the quickling is dead. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be really so, awesome. Don't know really what good. that means. Could mean if the big bad at the end of this is this quickling who has achieved <laughs> ultimate godlike power, I'm going to be pissed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, you'll be dead. <laughs> the quickling has become one with the speed force, though, as you did dispatch it uh -huh. rather quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And then, yes, the next day, you made your way to the edge of the wilding, that strange bubble of ever-increasing primal energy that has encapsulated a far chunk of the Eastwood. Your goal at the edge of there was to reduce all the possible horrible outcomes that could have happened had Darren Dunn, your draconic friend and ally, fucked up his teleportation spell. <laughs> which, he which he almost did. Almost did. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so close. If, if not for some reassurance on the part of Cherish that gave him advantage on the roll. Uh, heavy, heavy scare quotes around reassurance. Yeah. <laughs> Reinforcement then. Yeah. Don't fuck this up for me. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> but yes. Like, we'll get all scary on you again. <laughs> you teleported to what you believe to be the interior of Fair Aimsir, spilling out into the grand hall of some kind of enchanted mansion. You were quickly confronted by a young elvish girl who drew a sword from the wall before shouting, who the fuck are all of you? Mm. And uh, I think that is where we find ourselves now in Media Race, as this motley band of adventurers, the four of you, plus your three Riftkeeper companions and Darren Dunn, come spilling out of this antechamber. And yeah. I've forgotten Hank Montgomery. And yeah, also the giant construct, of course. Um, I'm glad he made it, honestly. Wasn't worried about anybody else, but Hank. <laughs> That's fair. Same. Yeah. Who? But I'm. Okay. Well, this person just drew a sword on us. Uh, Sid steps forward as the go-to representative of the group. God damn it. Uh, stand down. You are talking to rift keepers and emissaries of Zenerva Arkantol. Drop your sword and take us to whoever is in charge around here before somebody gets hurt. What? The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. <laughs> Give me an intimidation check. Um, and because uh, I did not get a full night's rest, this is at disadvantage. Yes, it is. I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> of course. Uh, cut from the same cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And just to recall, you are all on the bottom floor of this uh, grand entryway, and she is up on a balcony, coming coming down one of the winding set of stairs. Okay, one of them's a natural 20, mm. uh, oh. but the other oh, one man. is a 7, so 10. <laughs> awesome. Uh, the girl will stare at you for half a second. And then, sword still in hand, she will retreat up the stairs by a step and start shouting uh, in Elvish, which I think a chunk of you know. I do. I do. Oh. So, everybody but Grawl. <laughs> I mean, he can understand what, it. Like, he what, can read it. What he is going on? He can speak it. She begins shouting, guards, guards. All right. Well, this went well. Um, I, I will. Is Darren, uh, is yeah, Darren I will. Conscious still, or <laughs> Darren? Can I just grab him by the shoulders and just sort of shake him in front of her and be like, "Look, <laughs> we brought this back." <laughs> and if you grab him and haul him forward, he is 
rather winded from this experience. He didn't collapse like he has had, uh, like he has done previously when he has attempted magic, which is uh, probably a good thing. Um, in and of itself. <laughs> but you drag him forward, and he looks as though he's already run a marathon. And as he's just, like, staggering upright as you're hauling him by his, I'm assuming, the back of his coat. No, like, okay, like, <laughs> I said just grab him and shake him, but, like, you know, I'll take him, I, I think, wait, didn't, did, Olivia, didn't you say Tirza was, like, holding him up, like, the armor around the shoulders, or did I dream that? He can just, like, piggyback uh, on Hank Montgomery. Yeah, God, I'll have Hank pick him up. <laughs> so scruff of his neck. Like, bridal carry. <laughs> like a sack of old laundry, just lifting him up and <laughs> carrying like bridal him. style, I don't know. <laughs> Whacks his head into the side of the door. Um mm -hmm. which actually Hank has trouble getting through the doors. He kinda has to sidle sideways. Um and yeah, Darren is shoved forward and he will begin shouting, uh Angie, Angie, no, wait, 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 no, oh, they're with me, they're with me. And she will, like, stop and turn, you can already hear the sounds of pounding feet coming from somewhere. And This, this is good. Uh, she will turn and say, Dung heap? Dung Cherish, heap? Cherish goes, like, of despite herself, lets out a ha. <laughs> and like then, like, that is like quickly, like moves her hand over her mouth, like fuck. I, didn't... <laughs> I have heard me. a, I've heard a lot of good nicknames in my time, but dung heap. <laughs> you were keeping that from us, Darren. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't you keep that from someone? I mean, just, I mean, like, really. Darren yeah, will but... shoot you all an exasperated look. like, now's not the time. Uh, yeah, yes, hello, Angie. It's it's me. Uh, I'd rather you not call me that. I know your mom does, but I'd rather you didn't. Um. Hey, hey. Yeah, all of this laughter is in character. <laughs> And suddenly there is a door that bursts open somewhere upstairs, and there is a figure in flowing robes will rush out, mm -hmm. and you see a an older elvish man. There's lines on his face. You can see he's wearing some kind of, like, scholarly robes of some kind. He's got a gemstone floating above his brow, just in front of his forehead. Um, he's got long ears, bright golden eyes, and uh, he's got, like, the little bit of uh, a beard that is what most high elves can manage that's, like, coming down off of his chin. Uh, and he will begin chattering at Angie in Elvish and staring down. You see him, like, raise his hands in a Doctor Strange motion, getting ready to cast some spells. And Darren will again raise his hands, go, no, no, Oren, Oren, it's us, it's, it's me, it's me, they're with me, they're with me. And the elf will kind of, like, stop, stare at this crazy band that is poured into his grand hall, and... 
just eventually settle down and say, Hello, Darren. Welcome back. Tears is giving like a tiny little wave. Uh... Then you will see that there are guards streaming out of a, a couple of doors downstairs beneath the, the grand staircase and balcony in front of you. They are guards in full green and golden plate mail. Most of them have these long-handled glaives with wicked-looking barbed, curved, almost like moon crescents of blades. The older elvish man will begin like moving down the stairs quickly. And he will, like, stare around this group, and he'll put a hand up towards the guards. And they will stop before they bring their arms to bear. Angie, meanwhile, is still standing at the top of the stairs, sword in hand, kind of loosely holding it down to her side. And Darren Dunn's just gonna smile awkwardly at this older elf and say, Uh, surprise, I'm back. Hi. I just I lean over to Darren so they weren't expecting us. This is a surprise visit. Uh, you. Well, I... Uh, to be fair, I... They couldn't exactly tell them we were coming because there's no communication in and out of the city. That is a fair point. Did you, like, did you even tell them you were leaving? Like... The way you made it sound was like they sent you out here. And the older elf will say, We did send him out So what's there. with the furrowed brows? Is everyone, like, I mean, everything sucks here. Sure, I get that, but... It's not that. It's simply that we weren't exactly expecting... He just, like, stares the whole group, all of the... And then his eyes will settle on Sid and just, he'll stop. And boom, that... there's the dynamite. <laughs> Can I help you? Oh, boy. Oh, boy! This is gonna go so bad. It's gonna be so bad! <sighs> and he will say, up. Apologies, you simply resemble somebody that I... Uh, perhaps introductions are in order. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That makes sense. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Um, who wants to go first? And... Well, clearly we gotta save the best for last, huh? Yeah. I'll uh... wait till the very end, then. <laughs> <laughs> and this is... <laughs> <laughs> Darren Dunn will come up and say, uh, everyone, this is, uh, Suorn Lyodon. He's the, uh, hmm. uh, first son of House Lyodon and, uh, Chancellor of the House. Hmm. Pleasure. I am Cherish, Iron Strike of Blue Gulch. Uh, I'm <clears throat> I'm Tears of Cloakbearer uh, of the Jarashir. I am Grawl of South of here. 
I don't know. He looks at Cherish and Ed tears are like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Y'all say you're from places. I don't know what to say. You can just say Grawl. It's fine. Of I'm just Grawl. Wall. I'm just Grawl. Just Grawl. Dumb. Uh, it's like, it's like Bark Watch. Mm-hmm. Arbidon Bark Watch. That's your last. No, I'm kidding. I don't say that. Wait, no, no, no. I heard Butt Watch. <laughs> yeah, like, he my, is. That's not his name. That's the club that he frequents. <laughs> Kanaeus will say something in a language that none of you understand that uh, Tirza you've heard this language before specifically Kanaeus speaking it Um, and uh, you catch the name Selenus in there um, and the older elf's eyes will widen and he will like bow slightly to Kanaeus yeah, maybe I and Etsuko, who is watching this interaction, just says, I am Riftkeeper Etsuko. Is that everybody? Everybody get their introductions in? Oh, okay. that's the long-forgotten Hank Montgomery. Affirmative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks! <laughs> oh my god. I'm um, so proud of you, baby. <laughs> they grow up so fast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I'm Sid Emberlite, half-human, uh, hero of Stormhaven. Oh, that's what we're doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good. <laughs> and Suoran will stare at you, kind of shaking himself out of whatever the exchange was with Kanaeus, and just tilt his head slightly and say... Clearly, there is a longer story to be had here. Hmm. Probably many. Indeed. You're... You're the son, then. I guess so. Hmm. And he'll glance back at... Darren Dunn, and it's a look that is difficult to read unless somebody would like to give me some insight. I would love to make it I would absolutely love to. Oh, right. Disadvantage for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, said insight? Yes. Yeah. I forgot what my insight is. Oh, it's pretty good, though. Doesn't matter. Uh, 15. I also got an 18. I got a 23. Fuck. We all knew this was coming, so we're just like ready to go. There is a look of unsettled uh, discontent. Now, it's not Ooh. anger. It's not uh, upset. It's just like, oh, you could not have done this at a worse time. We all pick up on that. Uh, what was your role, Sid? 15. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody does. Good. Good, good, good. Okay. Great. Are you in charge around here? No, that would be my younger brother, Lucidian. As the Chancellor of House Lydon, though, I am his second in command. 
Okay. Do you know why we have come, or has that not been communicated? And he will glance... kind of give a glance to Darren. Yeah, you'll both glance at Darren. And <laughs> I will assume it has something to do with the errand we sent Darren on. And presumably it has something to do with the emancipation of Fair Aimsir. That's correct. Mike, can I cast this? Can I do a second insight check? Can I just see if I can see how well Sid is holding his shit together? Uh, sure. Sid I just want to. I. Uh, quick question for you, Lisman. How mm-hmm. much of Sid's reaction is he wearing on his sleeve, or is he trying to keep himself buttoned up? He's trying, but. Um, because of the alcohol slash lack of sleep, I don't think he's doing a very good job. Okay, that's kind of that's kind of why I was asking. Like uh, his hands are shaking. Um, but let like, me you, let you me can... before you get a a good read on him though. What is uh, your insight check there, Tirza? This is a oh, nineteen. Yeah. Nineteen. Okay, so pretty good read. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. the best read. <laughs> You are the best read. <laughs> so what emotion is he doing a bad job of covering up? Uh, mostly anger, I would say. Okay. That that was kind of what I wanted to see is do I have am I gonna have to like hold you back bar fight style in a second? He's lightning. He can turn into lightning. <laughs> I can also light do light. lightning. That's true. We've canonically seen her grab lightning. <laughs> That's true. That's very You're true. You're the anti Sid. <laughs> Nega Sid. <laughs> Versus. He's actually a really nice guy. Yeah. Good waffles. Suoran will kind of look at you with a, a grim face and then sigh, kind of a sagging in his shoulders, and he'll say, I am grateful that you've come then. so are we just going to stand around or are we going to get this taken care of no of course Um, and he will glance over his shoulder back up the stairs where you see the young uh, elf is still staring she the sword is more limply held at her hand now she's staring at all of this with a big old look of confusion on her face Mm-hmm. Oh no. Oh, hey Darren. And you will hear Suoran say something to her in Elvish and it uh he says Siangela, back to your studies. And she will begin to protest and then Suoran will cut her off and say, No! And she will kind of, with a huff, turn and move away. Uh, and she will throw the sword onto the ground so that it's sticking up in the floorboards with a little... <laughs> nice. Nice. And Suorn will <sighs> let out another aggravated sigh. And 
and he will turn to all of you and say, These are not discussions to be had out in the open here, please. And he will gesture deeper into the mansion. I think Tirza, like, trying to be as, nor like, <clears throat> right, yes, as normal as, this is normal, and we are doing a normal hero thing, will, like, immediately kind of, like, go where he's, where he's gesturing. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I mm -hmm. think I'm going to have Hank stay here for now. Uh, do you tell anyone that? Um, hey, this is my shield guardian. Don't touch it. Uh, of, of course. Um, and he will say in Elvish to the guards, uh, guard this young lady's belongings. <laughs> you got rid of one awful teenager, but you didn't expect there to be another one. <laughs> and the guards will just kind of shoot like, glances at each other through visored helmets and be like, we have no idea what's going on here and we are not getting paid enough to ask questions. In, in fact, it was kind of a Hydra thing. You cut off one head and three arose in its place. <laughs> <laughs> And Suoran Lyadon will lead you deeper into the house, and you begin to realize that this place is enormous. Mm -hmm. uh, you are led through a hallway that splits off into several other hallways, and you begin seeing portraits and busts of other elves, uh, many of them with little placards under it, uh, saying the names of House Lyadon. Um, the ones that you see foremost are of a recent crop of Lyodons, and there are apparently five children in this current generation. And you know this because as you go deeper into the house, you see the older generations moving backwards. So the first five portraits you see in this hallway are immediately present and are make themselves known, essentially. We have Suoran Lyodon, who is the eldest. We have Lier Lyodon, who is his younger sister. Livalfir Lyodon, who is the second oldest sister, third child. Ligorian Lyodon, who is the fourth son. And Lucidian Lyodon, who is the youngest. Oh, he's a baby! Uh, what was the third name, Mike? Livalfir Lyodon. I promise you, you spelled it wrong. <laughs> I will. I will ask you later, Mike, about sure. spelling. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, that's just gonna be. That's a thing. And yeah, you see that. Suoran is in his portrait dressed in like scholar's robes. You see Lier is dressed in some kind of form-fitting scale mail. She wields a glaive very similar to those of the guards. <sighs> Lee Valfier, you see, is uh, a bespectacled elf with like uh, some kind of workman's vest on. And Ligorian is shown with a a uh, cup full of what looks like wine in his hand. And 
Lucidian is shown very similarly to how he was depicted uh, in the portrait you saw of the old guard. He mm-hmm. has a long sword, though he is uh, not dressed in the full plate armor you saw him there, and he has a pseudo-dragon familiar wrapped around one shoulder. You are led deeper and deeper into the house, though, and you pass dozens of portraits. All of them members of House Lyodon. There are elves of every stripe that you can see here. Most of them high elves, but there are a few outliers. Uh, the hickory-skinned wood elves that you can see of House Lyodon. There are also Eladrin, as well as uh, other members of Elvish. You see sea elves, you see represent- representations of... Uh, even one Shadarkai in the distant past. And eventually you're led past several sitting rooms and a couple of antechambers. Eventually you are led into a large, what looks like library. It has several stories. There are those awesome ladders that slide down tracks. There are spiral staircases leading up to rail-guarded balconies above you. There are a huge number of books in here of all shapes and sizes. Grawl, Go you on. Almost, you're almost reminded of the archive. This place is so expansive. Oh, yes. You can't even see the other side of this room because it's cut off by some stacks that are raised up in the middle. Hell yeah. Off off to one side, you find a large round table, the center of which has been cut open to reveal some kind of strange arcane device at its center. There is several floating gemstones resting around a central core, and it's all just hovering slightly in the center of this table. There are huge windows off to the side. And you get your first little glimpses of Fair Ames here from here. Because I don't think any of you have ever been to this city. Nope. Mm-mm. Fair Ames here has been described to many of you as a elvish city, uh, magical crystal and spires, but it does not capture the dramatic scape that rests before you. It is a forest of buildings grown from gemstones cut into the shape of buildings and architecture the elves are known for singing their buildings into growing things their songsmiths generate life in a way that is controlled and guided apparently they've done this in this city through the use of crystals and gemstones that have veins of organic trees and stone worked through them into the shapes of buildings. Houses and tall towers line the landscape. This place is breathtaking, and the buildings catch the sunlight in a way that refracts and doesn't hurt the eyes, even though you kind of think it should, but it just creates this soft glow that is suffusing everything. And you see... Hundreds and hundreds of people out there amongst the city. There are quite a few people just flying through the air, moving from buildings to buildings. There are a great many number of people moving through thoroughfares. You seem to be much higher up uh, 
than you might have assumed. Damn. <clears throat> Even though you're presumably on the ground floor of this residence. But you're looking down from probably 10, 12 stories up. Shit. And Suoran will bring you over to the big round table and say, uh, Please, sir, is, can I get refreshment for anyone? I'm good. I, I'm fine, thank you. I'll, I'll be alright. Kanea says, got any wine? I second that wine, please. And Suoran will look expectantly over at Darren Dunn, and Darren Dunn will say, no, none for me. And Suoran's eyes will get a little bit wide. Look at the rest of you and... and yeah, you thought this was weird. No. <laughs> Darren is on a sobriety program, by which I mean he stopped drinking yesterday. <laughs> I... Uh, oh, wow. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And Darren will say, Yeah, yeah. Go and go and cold cockatrice on this one. And Suorn will look genuinely impressed and then say, well, All right then. Um, and then he will raise a hand and you will see a slight shimmer in the air and then wheeling out of one of the stacks is a little cart uh, that's being pushed by nobody. That's a good library. Very good library. And it's got decanters <laughs> of liquids on it. Some light red wines, water, uh, some maybe duskier bottles of brandy or whiskey. And then they just start pouring themselves. And as refreshments are being handed out, Sue Oren will say, uh, Please, uh, sit. I'm sure your journey has been a, a wearying one. Yeah, Cherish will pull a chair out and sit down. Tirza will also sit. I'm assuming there's enough space at this table for all nine of us? Uh, that, and then some. This is a huge table. Okay. Okay. You could easily sit at one side of this table, and the person sitting across from you, you would have to shout to be heard. Okay. Huh. Is anyone not sitting? Uh, Arbidon takes a seat. Kanaeus takes a seat. Uh, Etsuko takes a seat. But Darren Dunn specifically does not. Um, he will kind of like post up near one of the windows nearby and look out it and kind of <sighs> breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, I Sid does not sit down, um, but he does take out his flask since everybody's drinking anyways, uh, and takes Everyone. a swig. Yeah, every single person. <laughs> and where do you stand? Um, I don't. This table's guess... sort of in a corner a little bit. There is a window off to a side. There is the wall that is adjacent to the door you entered through, and then off towards the uh, other radial of the circle, there is the stacks of this library. 
Uh, and Darren is by the the window. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll stand. But how far is the window? Super far from the from the table? No, it's pretty close. No, I'll I'll stand over there as well. Okay. You're definitely away from the group, though. Is all. That's fine. Okay. Um, and Suorn will cast a glance at the two of you over at the window, and then look back to the group and say. What news from the outside? We had sent Darren to reconnoiter to try to get help from the old mage from anyone. Uh, well, here we are. Um, uh, Arbidon, Canaeus, and Atsuko are rift keepers, um, so they'll be able to. I feel like that's supposed to be a secret, right? <laughs> but this place trains people to... Oh, right! I totally <laughs> forgot about that. I'm not yeah. paying attention. <laughs> now you know how I feel. Yes. <laughs> you had announced that in the hall. I, I, I really wish you hadn't, but... And Arbidon will say, Yeah, it's uh, sort of supposed to be a secret, right? We're not very good at being subtle. Well, also, like, secrets. this is like the place where you train people to do that. Is it a secret here, too? And Suorn will glance at you and say, yes. Oh, that seems kind of silly, but anyway. There um, are members of our family that train the Rift Keepers, it's true, but it is not a widely known thing. I mean, that makes sense. There could definitely still be spies in Fair Ames here, and, you know. It's more that if the general population of Fair Ames here were aware of the mass existence of the realm's scars, it could lead to unfortunate enthusiasm among some members of our population. Unfortunate enthusiasm? What is that supposed to mean? Like people running off to go close them themselves and dying. People I running assume. off to go through them themselves yeah, and never coming bad. back. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, yeah. That Why would you seem like that? it would be a problem. Um, Not well, every member uh, of Fair Aimsir wanted to come here when the city. This is ancient history at this point. My point being that perhaps while you are here, keeping the fact that you are Rift Keepers to those who are already aware of these facts. Oh, well, we're not Rift Keepers. And I'll and gesture to point cherish. Well, we've, we have closed a couple of Rifts. But we're so not the only no. one who's technically a Rift Keeper. And he will not that I'm bitter. glance back <laughs> over at Sid at that Pull out the pocket watch, wave it around, put it back in my pocket. Uh, very well. Um, I did the old mage send you with any idea as to a solution to our current predicament? Well, there is a there is a realm scar near. Fair, near here, and 
Oh. That could, that's probably what's causing the the wilding. We've seen it. We've seen a realm scar. We've seen realm scars affect the area around it several times. How long has this been a problem? started to become a noticeable problem perhaps two, two and a half months ago. Though there were troubling reports even before that. Uh, it seems to have started around the time of the Maker Festival. And, um... I assume you've looked into the problem. Is Have you discovered anything? Found anything else... Out of the ordinary. By the we time we realized that there was a problem, it was already beginning to consume the city, and we were forced to take drastic measures. I presume that the condition has worsened since then. I mean, we had barely crossed the long drift before hitting up against the edge. It's that large. And, yeah, you would know that that is a significant chunk of the Eastwood that it yeah. covers now. Admittedly, you don't know the precise location of the center of whatever this radius is, or even if it yeah. is a perfect circle. Yeah. But the Eastwood basically bisects, is bisected by the Long Drift. Yeah. Fair aim series, Ooh, basically. which means, I wonder how Kothbari's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I don't know that that's true. Good, <laughs> cool, great. <laughs> It's funny how it never uh, came up up until now. Hmm. That is absolutely I kind hilarious. of forgot that it was so close to Fair Ames here. I think Honestly, all of you did. I thought it was further south uh, on the Long Drift. I haven't actually looked at the map in a while. I mean, no, I was just looking at the map uh, at a couple episodes ago, but I also didn't realize like how far north Fair Ames here was. And I also didn't realize how big the circle was until this most recent episode. Hmm. <laughs> Great. Good. Again, even if it is a circle, we don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were informed that, I mean, we know, we were informed that the Rift's location is actually south of Fair Ames here. Um, so... We're mostly here to sort of check in and see how things are, and then probably going to have to leave again to go close it. I... 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 I don't think that will be an option. Well, it... You, I mean, ca it, you can't leave Fair Ames here. None of us can leave Fair Ames. Darren can. Yeah. Darren is... <sighs> A specific exception, and he will say, "I'm a dragon." They all know. Yeah, we all we all. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're very bad at at the secrets thing. 
And well, he started. Well, I mean, I try to, you know, I try to keep bit. secrets, but you don't like that, so. No, I don't. Really well. guy. <laughs> and Soren will let another sigh and say, "Oh, very well. Um, yes, uh, Darren Dunn's draconic nature allowed him. Well, it was theorized that his abilities could reach." beyond the wards that have gone up around Fair Ames here, and uh, thankfully those prove correct. And Darren Dunn will say, What do you mean a theory? Cherish, like, <laughs> like, swivels her head around in a very, like, uh, yeah, duh. And Soren will say, You were very drunk at the time when we explained all of this, so... And... Darren Dunn will just throw up his hands and shake his head and say, fair enough, fair enough. Well, we're mostly in the dark about this. Uh, I'm sure you're aware, but the old mage is not the best at disseminating important information before it's important to know it. Um, so we're also here to find out what's specifically happening. Yes, of course. Uh, and he will raise a hand and he will touch a, a small nodule at the, uh, in, just in front of where he is sitting. And you can see now that in front of each position on the table, there's a small little inlay of uh, almost clear gemstone to the point where if your attention isn't drawn to it, you really don't even notice it. And when he touches it, it will light up and it will go from a, a low brown color that blends in with the table to this bright white purple that will gleam and then that light will be reflected in the gemstones at the center of the table and you will see Cherish, you would understand that this is like an amplification of uh, prestidigitation in a way mm -hmm. oh, ultimate power point and what will appear is a uh, a small holographic image projected by these gemstones and it Series shows bar graphs the city of Fair Ames here. It is a series of connected bridged spires that resemble trees cut from gemstones. It is a winding treetop village that is crafted and sung into existence. It is maybe 20, 30 stories high at its center and then slowly begins to droop downwards until the lowest levels on the outside are maybe only five, six stories tall. Uh, there's a lot of verticality, but it's not nearly as spread out as some of the other cities you've been to. <laughs> uh, and you will see that surrounding the city is a series of glowing luminescent runes that you recognize as that same odd mixture of sylvan and uh, primordial that you've seen before. <laughs> And they, there are 13 of them, and they surround the city. And Suoran will say, It became clear that this wilding was beginning to impose its effect on the city. We warded the entirety of Fair Aemsir from any 
external forces. Mm -hmm. It is a function of this city that uh, once upon a time it could travel between the Wilderfane and the Material Plane, but uh, doing so would expose the city to dangerous planar magics, so a defense was concocted, and this defense still stands, though it has not been used since the foundation of the valley. Not until recently, I take it. Yeah. Yes. Well, Darren, when you left, where did you, what circle did you go to? Oh, uh, um, I didn't. Uh, so you don't have to go to a circle specifically. I mean, it, it makes it a fuck of a lot easier, I'll tell you that, but uh, no, Yeah, that's I don't. fair. Like, I don't, I don't know if I could have gotten to the city if, it, if I didn't know the if I didn't know the circle here and we don't really exactly know where the rift is it'd be dangerous to just teleport south especially because one can assume it's within the wilding itself yeah it, is there is there a way to scale to make a version of this defense that's scaled down And you're asking this to Suorn? Yeah. He says, Not without uh, some sort of extremely powerful arcane battery of some kind. We would need a reagent of impossible power. The runes that guard Ferems are powered by the city itself. <laughs> mm. Powerful arcane battery, you say? Huh. I am a walking one. No, I would, that would, I would probably, like, there's no way. I don't know if I could power that for, like, eight people or whatever it's going to take. Rhymestone might work. I was, oh, I was thinking yeah. of the deck. <laughs> um. Do you say rhymestone out loud? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Was, was Cherish saying that? Yeah, I can. I'll say that Cherish is like, yeah, muttering to herself about strategies. Yeah, you might be able to produce a a, a ward for a single person, perhaps under your own power. And uh, using rhinestone is again possible, but it would require a tremendous amount. We have tried so many things. The laws of reality tend to just... They do not follow the same course as the material plane out there. Things are changed immediately. It, it, they become entranced, entrapped within this energy. The only way that we're going to be, well, and again, I guess this is predicated on the, on the fact that this is coming from a realm scar. The only way that we're going to fix all of this is to close it. We have to get in there somehow. 
and Etsuko will say, This is some sort of planar bleeding effect. The laws of whatever plane is on the other side of that rift is beginning to take over this swath of the material plane. Yeah, I mean, we saw it down south with one of the layers of hell. And Arbidon will say, yeah, but there's always a loophole, right? Like, you don't go to the Beastlands if you're just, like, a person person. You you don't go to hell if you're, like, purely good. I'm sorry, I'm missing, like, the whole point of... Wait, what? And Arbidon will say, it's always a thing, right? It's a thing. Like, every different plane has, like, stuff that it'll do to you, but there's always a way around it. Right, like those right, talismans. Right, right. Least Grawl. Right. Mm. Wow. You still have that necklace, right? The chunky meaty thing yes, from the, the gross thing? Yes, the chunky meaty one that I put on you when you, you know, that thing happened. And everyone is looking at you very curiously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that does sound weird. He turned into a gorilla after we went to the plants. That was fine. Good times. Thumbs. Ah. Right. Anyway, so. we got we got some necklaces from this horrible little potato man, and <laughs> everyone with story. raised eyebrows. Okay, and... magic. Okay, like we're all, Every we're all here. We all live here. Mm -hmm. There's lots of extra planar stuff happening. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> the multiverse theory is being proved true. Okay, mm -hmm. it's all magic. All right. <laughs> And we're, we're so blasé. Will say, yes, of course, magic, but uh, it does not dismiss the strange <laughs> phrase "creepy potato man." But yes, oh, he's you're, you're, a creature of lime. Apt, okay, actually. that's what he's actually called. I see. Ring any bells? Not particularly. Yeah, that's Isn't fair. It? He didn't seem. Like, very familiar in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I'm assuming... Well, we did! We actually did recognize him, because well, we had run into him, him earlier. <laughs> anyway. Grawl, do you still have the pendant? <laughs> I can look through my stuff really quick. I mean, you've been wearing it this whole time, right? I don't think so. I'm not sure if you ever specified that you took it off. Well, but, like, we've gotten undressed before. Like, since then. I don't think Grawl has. Yeah. Grawl has changed clothing at this point. He's he would not- we would yeah. not be tra- I would not be traveling with him if he had never changed. We all got new duds in the- in, uh, Blue Gulch anyways, remember? But who's to say you take That's your true. jewelry off when you go to bed? Yeah. Marilyn Monroe Reed, only wears Chanel question number five for you. and you go to bed and you only wear the necklace. It is- I, it I is very clear to me that Reed has forgotten about this next necklace up until very recently. Well, yeah, yeah. because it was a gross kind of squirmy kind I, of thing. I understand. My question you to you knew... is, retroactively, was Grawl wearing it on a regular basis, or did he put it in his pack and forget about it? Yeah, no, he put it in his pack. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Okay, great. So he's, not keeping the, he's not keeping the meat necklace on, a, on around his neck. You 
never in character you never knew that it was a weird meat necklace i was sid and i were the only ones who experienced that i thought it was i thought it was i don't think it was was it normal when we came back out yeah yeah mm-hmm. it was okay it was just i don't remember that being a thing normal. okay yeah hmm. it's okay reed you don't remember right. a lot of things that's fine you're still the best reed it's true it's true it's not hard though <laughs> It's like I'm the favorite grandson. I'm also the least favorite because I'm the only one. <laughs> and so, so Etsuko will uh, speak up and say, "Some sort of pendant." Yes. Yes. Yeah. Does that oh. sound? No, I but that is incredible. A, a magic item that negates planar law yes um i would remember this but elliot doesn't 100 percent um because he called it the the creature of lang called it something uh, he called it a lawless pendant a lawless pendant okay that's what i thought i was just like it can't be that yes um the 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 creature of lang called it a lawless pendant um and basically allows you to, yeah, subvert the laws of multiplanar travel. It doesn't, like, retroactively, yeah. like, fix the things that went wrong. We learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the problem, but again, even, but even if this would work, which again, we'd have to, it probably will, but that's kind of a high-risk experiment. Hmm. We only have one. And I don't know what it's made out of. Meat. Well, can you... I it don't is... say that. I don't know that. Can you produce it? Can 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 we see it? Yeah, girl, look harder, faster. <laughs> harder, better, faster, better, stronger. Cool. Grits. Yeah, uh, I dig through my pack. Uh, yeah, and you eventually find the pendant. That strange, non-Euclidean oh, twisting of metal at the end of a leather cord. I'm very Vanna, Vanna White, kind of just like. That's it, right, right here. Found it. Told you. And everyone is observing it, and it's a little unimpressive, honestly. It's it's duller than you remember. <laughs> and the necklace isn't as impressive as it used to be either. <laughs> Scrawl is always a little duller than we remember. (laughs) (laughs) And Etsuko will awkwardly approach you, Grawl, and get up and come to you from the side and say, Ah, um, may I? Yeah, there you go. There's there's a necklace. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate. um, We don't have time for this. Time for what? (laughs) It's fine. And she badly will... flirt on your own time. <laughs> I don't say that. Yeah, I, I don't throw it. Ahead. Uh, she will cast detect magic on it. Good call. And mm-hmm. observing this with these glowing dark purple blue flash of color in her eyes, she will say intriguing. It is a type of abjuration magic, but uh, distinct, somehow twisted. Uh, it is hmm, interesting. 
But yes, it will allow the wearer to ignore the properties of planar distortion. So... Can we find more of these? Well... Ooh. We could talk we, to I our friends. I think does actually sort of look at Grawl like... Can we? Do we have any bananas? Uh, yes, our it's... our our bag holds lots of bananas. In fact, an endless supply. One, 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 you could bananas. say it. Yeah. Right, right, right. He's the only one who might know how to get more of these. That's true. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna suggest like if you could maybe find him, find the creature in the dreamlands, maybe. I could look. Gotta take a nap for that. Oh, God. How about right here on this table? Yeah. It's a What's very comfy? nice table. I mean, just looking around at everyone. Do you mm -hmm. guys want me to? This might be a little awkward with everyone staring at me. I mean, these require a bed. Yeah, I don't. I can I wait like a little bit. Yeah, I think we could probably wait until night time. Yeah. And everyone is kind of like awkwardly looking around, like, "What on earth are you all talking about?" Don't worry, it's a it's an in, inside joke. Don't. We have some connections that we could try to use, but we sort of need to figure out how many we're going to need first. I mean, are you know the six of us, and I kind of, or no, the seven of us, and I, you know, gesture to my our crew and Arbidon, Etsko, and Kneas, like are all seven of us going in? Is should you three just take it? I mean And we should I mean I did yeah, like who who's all going? Etsuko will turn to Suorin and say uh, and are there any other rift keepers here? Uh, were there any trainees, any stopping by are there possible reinforcements that we could garner from the city? And Suorin will say, Blessedly, there were no trainees here when we erected the runes. There was, however, a, a Riftkeeper visiting. They were about to leave when things started to become... Well, it, it became bad for several days. There was a rash of violence. Riots, people going mad, primal. Do... Do we have an idea what plane is causing this effect? Oh. Would it be the Feywild? That would make sense. I don't think that we I I think we maybe don't know in yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we could ask. Yeah. I mean I mean that that question was in character. <laughs> uh, Suorin will say we have attempted to study its effects. We're not it could be a great many things. Perhaps we had assumed perhaps the beast lands to a certain extent that may be some remnant of the Feywild, but that is highly unlikely, considering our own city's history. I 
don't think it's the Beastlands. Yeah, when we encountered the Beastlands, it was mostly just shooting a bunch of snow out. Well, that is a, f a solid third of the Beastlands, yes. The lowest hmm. level, the most dangerous. Hey guys, check oh. it out. Most dangerous. Hey. We crushed it. Heck anyway, yeah. What are the Only one of us almost like? got eaten. Yeah. <laughs> mm. If only. No. Um... <laughs> What? I don't know. <laughs> if this is some remnant of the Feywild, it... Well, that would be very troubling indeed. I mean... Do you... I mean... This is quite a library. Do you have texts about... M m other planes? I... Did some research at the tower, but I there wasn't a whole lot. Not in this library, no. There is, uh, in in there is a sanctum, not far from here, where where rift keepers are trained and housed. That uh, contains a more probably information towards what you seek. There is well, basic knowledge here, but then that's probably where we're going to need to go. Very well. I can see to it that you have lodgings nearby and have easy access to the sanctum. Thank you. Um, in the meanwhile, I would ask that you keep your mission within Fair AMC relatively... Low profile. Yes. We, we can do that. You've come to the city at a most inopportune time, it should be said. Not only for our isolation, but there is unrest among the Corantignol. What? And what? you know, uh, Corantignol is translated roughly from Elvish, means Crescent Council. Stemming from the wilding problems or other issues or both? It is a combination of factors, and he will shoot a glance over at Sid. Our own leader of the house is tied into it. There are factions moving within the city that would wrest control of the council away from House Lyodon, who think that there is a more permanent solution to our current troubles. Oh, they want to... they want to leave. Yes. Is that even... is that even possible? Where... It is very you... possible. It is unfortunately possible. It would... We would do as we did in ages past. We would return to the Feywild. But this is not an option. It, it is one being suggested by fools and those with a short memory. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, we would probably have to go if they did that, because we can't get out, and no, I don't want to do that. That is <laughs> the opinion of a great many. That's why I say it is a contentious time. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. 
needless to say, the arrival of strangers in our midst will not go unnoticed. Though it is a known factor that Darren Dunn left his presence <laughs> can hardly be ignored in some quarters of the city. Yeah. Mm. Might be time for the bucket hat again. We only have one. I know. Leastways, if you stay to the recommended inn and the sanctum nearby, it should not cause too much of a, an issue, I think. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know about you guys, but lying low actually sounds like it would be pretty nice, considering everything that we've been through so far. <laughs> do with some reading. Looks around. <laughs> Please don't stab any books here. <laughs> I'm, going stab uh, <laughs> I'm going to read them. I'm a changed man. Hobgoblin. <laughs> I stab rocks now. And swords. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And Tirza will, like, shoot a glance over at Sid and say, that seems like our best option. Uh, how how long would we be laying low? Um, Do we have a timetable? Until we at all? figure out how to get more of those amulets that you possess, or perhaps replicate their effects somehow? Is there... I don't know. Some sort of... Who would be the best person to talk to about perhaps replicating this item? Well, I mean, there's a lot of research here. I mean, a lot of data. I am the data. foremost scholar of House Lyodon. I could certainly assist you in this matter. My younger sister, Liv Alfier, might also be able to aid us. She is an accomplished alchemist in her own right. Ooh. Who wants to go with me to the dreamlands? <laughs> We could also reach out to the other, some discreetly reach out to other members of the high houses of the Tionol, and perhaps they would be able to help us. I know House Sonoran might have those among them that would be willing to aid us. All right, well then, we just need to keep an open line of communication. Yes, of course. Um, I can uh, arrange for a steward to bring you to your accommodations. Um, I hope... I hope your stay in Fair Aimsir is a relatively short one, but I also hope it is a comfortable one. Um, welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Rob raises his glass of wine. No. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. 
I am sure... I am sure my younger brother would like to have words with you at some point. Tears is just is like looking the other direction. Cherish is I don't think she did the like the the hand over throat mm -hmm. like but I think she's definitely like like just clutching her face with her hand like oh my god. Clearly he has his hands full. Wouldn't want to distract him from his important work. And Suoran will glance at you with a, a concerned expression and say, I'm sure he could make the time. <laughs> now well. Cherish is actually like, let's not, let's not. I'm not convinced, but he can do whatever he wants. And now there's more confusion than anything on Suoran's face, and he'll say, Very well. Um, yes, very well. And he'll stand up, and the illusion will disappear from the center of the table. And I need everyone to give me perception checks. Ooh. Nope, that's a bad roll. Oh, hell yeah. With disadvantage, perception. 23 for Sid. Damn. Disadvantage. You're just a <laughs> monster. <laughs> You're so 15. good. At this. 13. Uh, 13 as well. Sid, you're the only one to notice that as Suoran pushes himself up and there's a squeak of a chair, that somebody uses that squeak as a cover to close the door to the library from the outside. <gasps> you naughty little teenager. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Fuck. Could be worse. I glance over as subtly as possible, I guess. You just notice that somebody used the sound of the chair squeaking to cover the sound of them closing the library door. <clears throat> okay. Noted. And yeah, uh, Suorn will stand up and uh, welcome you all to Fair Aimsir. He will uh, reach out with a hand and you see him composing some uh, somatic gesture and he will say aloud um, their name would have to be um, sorry, I have all these rules for the naming schemes of elves and I have to stick to it, damn it. Um, <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> Dylan. Dylan. Shadoran, please come to the great library. And within moments, there is a, an officious-looking elvish woman. She looks to be uh, of high elvish descent. She's got the, the longer pointed ears, the, the glowing eyes. Though with the visible pupils as opposed to the like pure eyes of an Eladrin. Um, and that was something you might have noticed about uh, 
Angela upon your first uh, witnessing of her is her eyes were more of the, the solid color with only just like the slight hint of a pupil on the interior. Um, but this high elvish woman will come and uh, bow and uh, Sue Oren will say these are our visiting guests Shadoran, they are to be discreetly led to Master Fizzlenozzle's place. Uh, they will be shown all of the acceptable accommodations therein. And the elvish woman will bow again. Um, speaking of discreet or lack thereof, um, can I keep the long-forgotten Hank Montgomery here, or... Um, hmm. That is a bit of an awkward... Ah, I know. Um, and he will lead you all back out into the hall, and long-forgotten Hank Montgomery is still standing there. And he will look around and dismiss the guards, and they will bustle off. And he will, like, glance back up the stairs, kind of, like, seeing the sword still sticking out of the floor. <laughs> Shaking his head, he will twist his hands in another gesture and say some words, and suddenly there is this huge chest that will appear on the ground. And he will open it and say, If you could have your automaton step into the chest, please. Uh, okay. Hank, if you would oblige the man. And boom, 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 well, like ankle deep in this chest. Uh, Suorn will come over and just close the lid, and suddenly it looks almost like Hank shrinks suddenly. But then the chest will chunk close on top of the automaton, and then he will snap his fingers, and the chest will disappear. That's handy. That is, uh, a spell, very useful. Um, if you require the use of your automaton, you need merely ask me, and I will free him from the chest. Meanwhile, he will be, uh, discreet. Perfect. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, again, I can't thank you enough for coming. This is a small glimmer of hope in all of this. If we can find some way of resolving this situation... Without drastic measures, it would do much to calm the tensions in this city. Huh. I can imagine. You must understand the denizens of Fair Aemsir are used to a certain amount of autonomy of freedom in and around the surrounding environs, and they have been forced to stay cooped up for the past two months and it is beginning to reach a boiling point so just be aware of that if you make yourselves known in the city of course we will I send you now to Fizzle Nozzle's Hall of Wonder one of the fine establishments that we of House Light on are patrons of uh, Blizz Fizzle Nozzle is the uh, proprietor of that establishment. He is a, a fine gnome, and he is well aware of the mission of the Rift Keepers. And, All right. Uh, 
Arbadon will say, Oh, yeah, fizzle nozzles! You're familiar? That is a a glowing recommendation. It's honestly. I'm hoping it's like Bullwinkles or something like that. Um, it's just so it's got the like animal house. <laughs> yeah, probably. But and I want to be like... Etsuko will say, Ah, yes, this was the place where we stayed during our training. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go. And Shadoran, the elvish steward, will uh, lead you out of the front doors of this place uh, with Suoran kind of like watching you as you leave. Um, he will call out to Darren Dunn uh, before he leaves and say, uh, Darren, a word before you leave. And Darren will have be kind of been shuffling along behind the group, but then stop and turn back, and he'll wave you all on and say, uh, you all go on ahead, I'll, I'll catch up. Uh, is he gonna be okay. with us still? Oh my god, Cherish. I'll, uh, I'll check in later, alright? I've gotta uh, catch up with uh, Oren here, and maybe see some other stuff. Uh, Vague. Tirza gives like a as friendly and genuine a smile as she can and it's like, okay, we'll we'll see you soon. And just like tries to bustle Cherish and Sid. God, we're the worst. Um, just <laughs> desperate desperately trying to keep three teenagers just just trying to do their stuff. Just, just being bad at being people. <laughs> You are led out of the grand double doors of the estate of House Lyodon. From the interior, they appeared to be large oaken doors of almost living wood. Once you're on the outside, though, you see that the crystalline fixtures of Fair Aemsir are maybe only skin deep. Because the, the nice, like, earth tones of the interior of this place quickly give way to the bright gemstone colorations of the city itself. And as you come out onto a wide thoroughfare that appears to be, yes, on the 12th story of this huge, large gemstone tree, and you are walking out onto one of the branches of it that is actually a road that twists around and moves throughout other branches of trees, slowly connecting, moving through this miniature forest of cut gemstones that have been sung into existence. It's a goddamn Emerald City. I love it. And you will see that the interior of these trees, as like cut apertures of storefronts or the windows into buildings, you can see that there is every type of interior imaginable within these trees. So the exterior are these glowing soft crystals, but the interior is basically whatever the 
owner of that property wants it to be. You can see that there are like cave systems that will open up inside some of these trees made of rough stone. There are warm buildings with silk hangings and beaded curtains and the tapestries of some strange bazaar weaving away from another. Off to one side, you will see that there is clearly just the almost white picketed fence front of a house with four square windows like looking into a living room. Below you, you can see much the similar sight. There are elves of every description moving about the city. There is a great many gnomes as well moving to and fro. You can see a few satyrs here and there. You see genasi of every description moving about. Um, there are a few aerocrocra here and there. Some of them with like proud eagle heads. Some of them with darker uh, hawkish features that are moving up and down carrying parcels and packages they look to be as though they're working for some kind of postal service hmm. and you can see that there is a great many of people who are utilizing flying mounts and uh the abilities to fly here there are more than a few flying carpets moving around you can see that quite a few people have broomsticks there are people riding griffins and wyverns and flying creatures of all sorts of descriptions uh, at a certain point, you will definitely pass a gnomish tavern of some kind, where the door is, like, half as tall as any of you. Eventually, mm -hmm. though, you are led to a broad blue door with a sign above it that just says, uh, Hall of Wonder. And Shadoran will present a hand towards the door and say, If you require my assistance, you need only say my name and I will know of it. Oh, thank you. Hmm. And she will bow to you. Please give Master Fizzle Nozzle my regards. And as you're approaching the door, uh, Arbanon is like slapping his hands together, like, okay, our turn to show you something freaky. It must be really impressive in there. <laughs> and Arbanon's gonna like approach the door, and Etsuko will say, uh, it is a floating island in the middle of nothing. And Arbanon will go, oh, come on! <gasps> what? <laughs> what? Oh my god. <laughs> it's like, oh, spoil the surprise, and Arbanon will just throw open the door. And inside, you see that the door opens up onto what looks like a wooden deck, and beyond that is just open sky on the interior Whoa. of this crystalline Whoa. tree. Off in the yep. distance, maybe like 100 yards away, is a floating earthen island, and atop it you can see a a large inn built onto the top of it. It has a tall, what looks like some kind of observatory tower built into the side, and there is a small uh, windmill on the side of the... Uh, built into the side of the island. There is a, a large double archway on the front of the island, and you can see that there is a, a sky dock of some kind with a, a puttering balloon-powered airship 
that is moored off on the dock there. This is so cool. This and is amazing. The space seems way too big for the interior oh, yeah. of this tree. We're used to that, though. Yeah. Hmm. And Arbidon will, like, giddily clop inside and go, Ha ha, yes! Fizzle nozzle! <laughs> I love this minotaur so much. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the airship is on the other side, or is it on mm -hmm. our side? It's on the other side. Okay. And uh, so Arbidon will turn and go, okay, okay, who wants to ring the bell? And you can see that there's a, like a, a seaman's bell on the end of this little deck that you're on. I mean, do you, do you want to ring the bell? I kind of want to ring the bell! <laughs> <laughs> go for it, dude. Ah! Yeah, man. And Canaeus is following you on. He's just got the, like, the biggest grin on his face. He's just happy to see somebody else so happy. But he is also, like, looking around and just like, damn. Seems like a lot of effort. A little much for me. <laughs> uh, and Arbidon was just like, we'll go up and just like, gung, 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 like a little kid just ringing the bell. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and there'll be a loud tinny whistle from the other side on the island, and you will see uh, movement and activity, and then the a uh, little gondola drifting below a large balloon will begin to drift towards you. And pretty soon you are met by a uh, a stocky-looking elvish man. He is kind of like hunched and withered. He looks to be half-elvish, uh, probably with wood elf descent. And he's got this like long curling beard that comes up from his chin. And he says, Oh there, travelers! Seek you the halls of wonder! Uh, I absolutely mean, do. <laughs> we were told that this was a good place to stay. Indeed, you will find many refreshing. And he'll like look down, and you see on the inside of his uh, cloak, there's like a little script there. Oh, oh my god. Libations! <laughs> oh god. Within the halls of wonder. And good rooms? The finest of accommodations await you. Yes, good rooms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... I'm sold. <laughs> come, come. Ride this fine airship to the Halls of Wonder where your destiny awaits. Very well. This is amazing. <laughs> Very great Wolf Lodge kind of this is. like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this I, is I, the I, only. <laughs> this is the only place we've ever been that's worth going to. I would disagree, but that's fine. Cherish uh, is probably a little bit not giddy, but like she's having a good time in spite of herself. And Arbidon's excitement about all of this is definitely a little infectious. Yeah. Etsuko is kind of rolling her eyes a little bit, but is also clearly smiling. Hmm. And yeah, you all load onto this gondola, and it putters across, 
and you look down into just an infinite void of sky below you. Oh, yeah. Cherish is, like, leaned over the side, like, treacherously, almost. And you see rolling wisps of clouds rolling back and forth as if they're being, like, molded and stretched and looped around like some kind of crazy atmospheric uh, (laughs) lava lamp. Um, when we look anyone... where we came in from, what's it look like? It's just like a door and a thing in the middle of nowhere. It looks like a small wooden deck suspended in nothing and a door on one end of it. Heck yeah. Oh. Has anyone ever fallen down off this thing? Many a traveler has fallen to their doom on the way to the halls of wonder. Tears are like subtly positions herself so that she can grab Cherish if she falls off. Guys, I can cast fly. Like, it's not even a huge deal. But you also are known to, like, throw yourself over the edge of things. Potentially a river. also turn into a bird and... pretty much immediately. This is probably the least dangerous thing I could be doing. If you think about it. I think about if it. If you think about it. <laughs> okay. It has nothing to do with the ethereal plane, so... Canaeus will look around and then vault over the side of the ship. See? He knows what I'm talking about. Okay, but also, can you cast... It's gonna come down from the ceiling now. (laughs) And then there will be this gentle gust of wind, and Canaeus will... Just suddenly, almost in reverse, like, (laughs) come back up onto the boat as something (laughs) invisible but full of air pushes him back up onto the gondola. That's the kind of scientist I want to be. <laughs> That's a oh no. And Kanae says, mm, yep, got it. Air elementals. Oh. You're, you're, this is cool. You're killing, the magic. You're, you're killing the magic right now. And yeah, the gondola operator is just like, please keep within the gondola for the extent of the travel for legal reasons. <laughs> 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 uh, Cherish, I think, maybe, like, like, gestures him over in, like, a, kind of an aside, like, hey, if anyone ever does that again, maybe, like, play it off as the the air spirits have taken, pit, have uh, decided to be merciful this one time. Uh, um, <laughs> Do it again. Yeah, yeah. he pulls out a pen and pulls the cap off with his teeth and starts writing on the script <laughs> that's inside of his cloak. Yeah. Merciful this one time. Yeah, no, good stuff, good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) They don't really pay me to improv. Kids will do the damnest things. I know. Um, Kids and Canaeus. (laughs) Kids and Canaeus, they'll do the damnest things. And you will get dropped off on the sky dock opposite where you entered. And yeah, you come in through these double archways that aren't really connected to anything, and you walk up this low path towards this inn, and above the arches, it just says in big, fun uh, font, uh, Blizz Fizzle Nozzles Halls of Wonder. And this appears to be a three-story inn with, like I said, a large observatory built into the side of it that looks off into nothing, apparently. Um, and there's a windmill off to one side that seems to mostly just be an affectation. Oh, yeah, but it's working. Mm-hmm. It's part of the putting course. Do they have the boat bumper cars, too? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and as you enter, you're not far off. 
Uh, Fizzle Nozzles appears to be some kind of adventuring-themed inn. Um, there is a lot of adventuring memorabilia on the walls. There is a golem band along one wall that is uh, playing instruments pretty okay, but it's clearly they're playing like not in time with the music that's actually being uh, piped into this place. Oh my god, it's a fucking Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> this is where Rift Keepers are kept. This is part of... And are trained. Rift Keeper training. Taxpayer guys. dollars goes to this. But what is it. this place? Think about it. This is the last place you'd expect. Is it? And as yeah. you say that, there's like a crowd of screaming children that just like run past you over to what is clearly some kind of large jungle gym just off to the side. Are you sure that we weren't sent here as a joke? <laughs> this, we're being, yeah, this is a joke. Like, they are clearly, this is all, they're trying to make us are look like fantasy idiots. Yeah, we're fantasy and, Ashton Kutcher. Where are you? Uh -huh. Arbadon shouts, "Dibs on the Wacka Goblin!" and runs off. Oh my god! I t I turn to Kanaeus and Etsuko. I'm like, "This is a joke, right? Like this is they're they're this is all they're they're trying to make us look like idiots, right? Is that what is happening?" <laughs> and as you ask that. Behind you, a voice says, Greetings, my friends, to Blizz Fizzle Nozzle's Halls of Wonder! And rolling up behind you, riding a bright white yellow cloud, is this gnome resting at about chest height. He is wearing a bright yellow tuxedo with tails that come curling out behind him, a bright yellow top hat, and is wielding a staff with a little, like, sunbeam kind of resting just above the head of it and drifting around little trails as he swings it around. This is probably not helping Sid's hangover <laughs> slash exhaustion. Oh, I'm not hungover. I am still drunk. <laughs> and on that oh, note, I no. think we are going to take our break. Yeah. <laughs> and when we return, you will be introduced to Blizz Fizzle Nozzle, uh, proprietor of the Halls of Wonder. I Great. am confused, delighted, <laughs> but confused. Um... <laughs> Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to bring you a very unique deal, one that bursts through a planar barrier the likes of which I have only seen once or twice. This barrier is called the Fourth Wall. So here's the deal. Now, you are listening to a podcast called Material Components. Do I know this in character? Maybe. That is for you to figure out. But what you and I both know is that material components can only function thanks to listeners like you. But what can help out a great deal is reviews on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and anywhere with a podcast at the end of its name, basically. Giving us five stars and reviews in those places helps boost the visibility of the show. And as I am wont to say, you must always be branding. So... To help with that endeavor, we are turning to you, the listeners of Material Components, to help uh, incentivize your reviews of the show. Here's what you must do. 
go write a review for the show on whatever podcasting service you use. Heck, even do it on the ones that you don't use. And if you include the name of a non-player character, whatever that is, it will be included in the show down the line. It would be for the best if these names were in the subject line of the review. You could say things like, Rogar Spinklestoof gives it two thumbs, or Andronius McFeeg gives it eight, nine, ten stars, whatever you wish, I don't care, as long as it's a pretty high number. So that's the deal. Write a review, include the name of an NPC in the subject line of that review, and then that name will be used here on Material Components, somewhere down the line. And I am assured that those names will not simply just be walk-on appearances. They will be used for real, robust characters that may in fact die because our players are idiots. I mean, um, uh, uh let's get you back to the action, huh? And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had arrived in Fair Aemsir. They had debriefed with one of the higher-ranking members of House Lyodon, though perhaps not the one they feared confronting. And then they were led to the hospitable Halls of Wonder, owned by the gregarious Blizz Fizzle Novel, Gnome Extraordinaire. Oh boy, Blizz Fizzle Novel. And he rides his puffy yellow cloud behind you, his sunshine suit aglow, as he welcomes you into his hall slash theme restaurant. <laughs> slash training center. Yeah, <laughs> slash arcade slash family fun center. <laughs> Uh, yes, your friend, uh, Arbidon has run off, calling dibs on the Wacky Goblin machine. Um. He's gonna break that thing. <laughs> he holds the high score. I, um, I bet. <laughs> he's competing oh no. with children. <laughs> I must claim my victory. <laughs> I mean, if this place has ski ball, I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, and as you are, uh, assaulted by the visage that is uh, Blizz Fizzle Nozzle. He will say, Welcome! Welcome to the Halls of Wonder! Okay. Hi. It's a lot going on. Uh... Oh, God. Oh. Newcomers to these halls, are you? Come for fantastic adventure? For mysterious suspense? Or for our half-off discount on steak sandwiches? Ooh. I mean, we're here for, for room and, and board, but I'm... Yes, of course, noble adventurers! Many of you seek these halls for a respite, a soft bed, a firm drink, and the beginning of adventure! And I actually would like one of those half-off steak sandwiches. That sounds really good. Yes, for you have indeed come to the happiest of hours, where our steak sandwiches are half-off and the drinks are five gold for a pitcher. Actually, you see, there's a bit of a misunderstanding here. We're guests of House Lyodon. Uh, they're going to be footing the bill. I see. Yes, of course. And he gets kind of like a weird look on his face, but he's trying to maintain this like uh, bright, exuberant uh, express um, tone of voice. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And he'll call out, and you see him turning to, uh, despite the children running around, you do see that this place does have a bar. It is a Thank weird God. mix of, like, very much a traditional-looking tavern or inn, and very much a children's theme restaurant. Um, so there are other, like, adults in this place that are clearly, like, there's an adult section and clearly a kid's section. There's less mm-hmm. of a demarcation line between the two of them. It seems like, like the further... Like a Dave and Buster's. <laughs> Dave and Buster's-ish, yeah. yeah. Dave and Buster's adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> and... Do, the, do they have jello shots that come in syringes like Dave and Buster's oh. does? <laughs> uh, they look like little potion bottles, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of dry ice any, coming off of it. Is there a section where you can exchange your tickets for shitty prizes? That's the most important question. Uh, there absolutely is. Oh, okay, good. And it looks as though the the tickets, quote-unquote, that you get are actually little vouchers that have uh, like pieces of platinum printed on them. Mm, cute. Oh. So you're trading your platinum place. pieces for a vast wealth of treasure and magical items. Excellent. This place rules. <laughs> uh, but Blizz will turn towards the the bar and he will say, Ah, yes, um, Catelyn, uh, please uh, keep the other guests of ours uh, satiated with fine imbibements as I see to our new guests. Who, of course, have their pick of rooms as they are guests of the noble house Lyodon. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should probably be like keeping that kind of hush hush. Oh well, that's fine. <laughs> and his little cloud will make up a little like sound as it moves across. God. <laughs> Fucking no. Oh, God. <laughs> This is and the best thing we've ever done. Wave you and say, "Follow me, fine adventurers, and your accommodations await." I, and Cher, I think Cherish kind of like gives Sid like, like uh, that goes for a fist pump in terms of like the house light on footing the bill. That was dope as hell. Uh, oh, I definitely reciprocate that. There's much more to come. I see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, House, uh, what was his name? Oren, uh, fuck, down. Uh, Oren. Sue Oren. Turns to uh, you and says, Yeah, I know, kid, just shut up, alright? <laughs> this way, this way, fair adventurers! Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I will follow. <sighs> this is awesome. Uh, this is great. This is. And Etsuko will finally, like, raise her head up out of the crowd, even though she's, like, a foot and a half out of the crowd. She was clearly, like, hunching and trying to hide behind everyone. But she will say, "Uh, hello, Master Fizzle Nozzle. And, uh, Blizz will just, like, (laughs) cut at the neck as he's, like, leading you on. Um, And Etsuko goes, oh, yes, of course, yes. Dude, oh my god. This is the best cover. 
And he will lead you off to the side, and you can see that there's a couple of big staircases leading up to what you presume is rooms. Though you see the second story of this place is actually dominated by, uh, like, lots of games in galleries. You can see little, I mean, they're not arcade games, but they're games in the more traditional word of arcade. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like almost carnival games, almost carnival yeah. games. But like when I say arcade, I mean they are like slotted booths with little games in them, uh, games of chance, games of skill, games of whacking little uh, fake goblin heads that pop up out of holes where you see Arbidon going. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing rings onto bottles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and all of it seems to be slightly magical in its concoction. Uh, but you are led not up the stairs, but off to the side, uh, down a side hall uh, that's clearly marked as a uh, select service rooms. These are apparently like the VIP rooms that are on the ground floor. And as soon as you get into the hallway, there's an immediate, like, deadening of sound from behind you. Oh, thank God. And he'll lead you, like, alright, this way, come on. And his little cloud will continue down the hallway. Um, And Canaeus will say, that might be the silliest front I've ever seen. Right? But it's so good! I would definitely never guess that there was something weird going on here. I'm still not convinced that this is all an elaborate prank. And that makes it... And that's what makes it the best cover. (sighs) Yeah. It's a pretty good cover. And... Blizz will turn and say, Yeah, unless somebody goes around saying that they're being footed the bill by House Lyodon. Hey, we're just here for a weekend of fun. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, come on. Don't get like that with me, little man. I'm on the very edge of being lofty. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Tears are just like, oh no. <laughs> and Blizz will kind of like turn around and look at all of you as his cloud continues to putter on down the hallway. And you can see that there are a line of doors to your right. And he will say, Rift Keepers, right? I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, hello, Etsuko. Yes, I see you. Hello. Arbidon, I think, oh. already ran off. Oh, that boy. If he had his half as much intelligence and attention span as he did muscle, he'd be twice the rift keeper he is now. Oh, I like that. Yeah. He has lots of heart. I'm sorry, who are your people? Uh, rift keepers, or at least I am. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Rift, rift keepers and guests. You're rift keepers when I say you're rift keepers, okay? Uh, I mean, I've. I, I, we have closed two rifts, so I don't know. Oh, good for you. Sweet. Two whole rifts. Great. All right. And he'll, like, get to a last door. God, I hate this man. And he will wave his wand and the door will open up. I love this dude. The shift. Oh my god, he's the best. I'm going to kill him now. (laughs) Hey, I have said I liked this place. (laughs) (laughs) 
and he'll say, well, get your keys to all these rooms later. For now, everybody in. Uh, okay. Alright. Yep. And you are trooped into a very lavish, uh, what looks like in-room. You haven't stayed in a room like this since Wickmore's Landing all those months ago. Crawl's <laughs> <Yes>. captain room. <laughs> Must have ever stayed in a room this nice. <laughs> Back when Grawl was spending Calcan money. Yeah. Cherish <laughs> is deliberately trying to not think about that. It's fine. Everything is That's fine. Sweet. That's sweet, sweet Calcan cash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> spending my Calcan bucks. Uh but Blizz will lead you into this room, and then as soon as you're all in, he will flick his cane again, and the door will close. And then the cloud beneath him will pop out of existence, and he will land on the ground. Kind of cane planted in front of him. He will wave a hand in front of his face, and suddenly the top hat and the coat will just disappear. And beneath he is wearing a much more, like, functional, what looks like... Uh, not studded leather armor, but like padded armor of some kind that is like a functional jerkin and a little bit of an, an overvest. And he'll say, Suwaran sent you, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Word got here just before you did. You somehow got into the city? I'm assuming this is the drunken dragon's doing. He's yep. actually sober now. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Hey, I mean... I feel that. It's hard to believe. Huh. <sighs> all right. And you're all what? Rift Keepers in training or something? Um, more or less. <laughs> and he'll, like, give you all definitely, like, a hard once-over. <sighs> we were... Zinerva... Mostly asked us. That was in, in character, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Taking a swig of whiskey. <laughs> Zenerva mostly asked us to investigate. Oh, Zenerva. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. So she fucking told somebody us else. <laughs> she fucking told us to like investigate the areas around the rifts because rift keepers kept getting like delayed or killed or whatever, and we sort of had to close one because we sort of went into it on uh, accident. It's a long story, but... Mm. Well, we'll have time we for that after the shift, but for now, I'm assuming you're all going to want to get to the Sanctum or something, right? I yeah. mean, I could do with a nap. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, well, look. And he'll go over to a corner of the room, and he will kind of, like, shift a dresser Every room on this level is the same, so pay attention, all right? Okay. Mm -hmm. I have keen mind, I'm good. And with a wave of his rod, the dresser will just move out of the way, and beneath it you can see that there's an inlaid circle of silver on the floor. Mm -hmm. And he says, walk into that, you'll be in the sanctum, all right? All right, cool, cool, cool. 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 And Etsuka so, will say, yes, I remember. So is this the VIP room? Is, that an, is there... It's a cover, boy! <laughs> okay. You sure. can sleep here if you want. I honestly don't care. These rooms are always empty. 
Okay. There's accommodations downstairs if you want them in the Sanctum, but I don't care either way. We'll figure this all out once my shift is over, all right? Yeah, no. Cool. Oh, yeah, get back to what you need to do. Lauren always Sorry sending to... friggin' recruits right when I'm in the middle of a... And he'll, like, collect himself right as he's, like, striding towards the door angrily, a little, like, storm cloud forming over his shoulders. And he'll just go... And then, like, wave his hand in front of his face and suddenly the yellow top hat and coattails are back. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> he will jump up into the air and the cloud will reform under his feet and he'll rise up and go... As he puts a smile on his face and the flick his hand and the door will open and he will out the door. I, f I feel that for this gnome on a very deep, taxing work. deep level. This is Michael saying, uh, <laughs> Mike, who's worked in customer service for, yeah. for a long time. Uh, <laughs> hey, what can I get for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Yeah. Welcome to... Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, you guys, your your the octaves are not nearly high enough. You got to go. The, I can't the... go higher. Hi, right welcome. Now. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I can't. I'm How sick. can I help you? And uh, Etsuko will say, "He is usually much kinder than that, though. Admittedly, I never interrupted him during one of his shifts." Yeah, I, I mean, can't imagine it's a it's it's easy an easy gig. No, I do not assume it is. Though I, he's, I, he's... I assure you, he Master Fizzle Nozzle is quite knowledgeable in the way of planar magic, uh, as is uh, clear upon our approach, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm. Honestly, I'm itching to get into that same term. Uh, yes, uh, like this. And Etsuko will stride forward and she will walk right onto the circle and then vanish. There's yeah, no I mean, next. flash of light or kind of brilliant dissolve. It's just she's there one second and then she's not. Cherish goes next. Cherish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Cherish just walks right in. Gone. Uh, Tirza will, like, stride after. Okay. And Canaeus soon after going, meh. So it's just Grawl and Sid standing in a room. Yep. <laughs> After you. you. If if I go through that, you're going to be right behind me, right? Oh, yeah. You're not going to, like, hang out here or just turn around and go to the bar like I would do, right? <laughs> Gods damn you. <laughs> you guys are the worst. I will eventually go through. I get you. All right, see you in a bit. Mm. I go for a high five. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right, see you in a bit. Go get him, Tiger. <laughs> I so, go through the... All right, and Sid, you are left alone in this room. <sighs> I gotta get a drink, I think. Hmm. Uh, there, was, there was a bar. Um, there was. We, but we had to go through a couple of, uh, a couple of doorways. And you went down a long and hallway, and you, yeah. You really only went through one door, per se. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
I am going to just, I'm just going to take a moment. And is there something like what, what is in this room? There is a bed, um, a dresser, a chaise lounge, a desk with a chair. There is a uh, large, oh, what are those dressers called with the mirrors on top of them? Armoire. Um, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't um, think it's armoire, but no. like. Like a vanity? I mean, for, yeah, like a vanity. Guys. That's it. A Ooh. vanity, yeah. For you guys, like kind of like that. Yeah. Um. There is also a small round table with a couple of chairs next to it. What's on the uh, What's on the table? Uh, on the table is nothing. It is a table. So the room's fairly bare then. Yeah. Okay. Fizzle nozzle think... say that nobody ever really stays in these things. Yeah, makes sense. I think Sid just kind of just kind of waits before going in kind of collects himself he was kind of expecting a confrontation that didn't end up happening um takes a really really long swig from his flask and then goes through goes through the circle okay so the rest of you find yourselves very quickly in the upper deck of what looks like a large it's a library slash training facility slash meeting hall it's a, a big open space with a lot of different segmented areas to it and you are on a tall upper balcony where doors stretch off to the left and to the right there is a set of winding stairs far to your right that leads down into what looks like a large meeting area of some kind. There is a long table with chairs set up there. There is a stacks and stacks of shelves of books off to one side. You can kind of see down into them. Uh, there is a large wide open pit to one side with a bunch of training dummies and practice weapons off to like kind of below you, below the railing. And in the distance, you can see that there is a portcullis that looks out onto what looks like open sky. So you think you might be inside the island below the tavern. Hmm. Gotcha. Is there anyone else here? Give me a perception check. Okay. Okay. Mm, that is only a seven. Cherish is very excited about planar knowledge and just wants to get down in that library. Mm. Oh, roll on the 15. Tears are rolled in that one. She's mm. very distracted by the awkwardness that's happening currently. Grawl, you mm -hmm. see a figure shift and move down those library stacks. Uh-huh. It is, like, large and hunched, and you see it moving around the corner this is giving me weird kind of vibes real quick just for like a quick second i don't know does it no i, I don't yeah. know large hunch things in libraries tend to get some vibes bro that's that's <laughs> on that sounds like a personal problem <laughs> yeah it is it is <laughs> do i have some sort of ptsd on this i don't know maybe yes i do but it's fine <laughs> um yeah uh okay Cool. Not gonna do anything about it. 
And Etsuko, for the first time since you've kind of known her, you didn't really notice it at the time, but there's just a sense that she relaxes in a way that she hasn't been the whole time you've known her. There's just this sense of her shoulders kind of, like, releasing tension. Kanaeus will be looking around and being like, Hmm, now this is what I'm talking about. This is proper secret lair. Also, I'm like half, I'm already halfway down the stairs going towards the library part. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tirza is following, but is going towards the training, like, deck. Mm -hmm. And Etsuko is slowly following and saying out loud, and there are rooms up here, and the library down there is quite extensive. Uh, very, very useful when it comes to studying uh, planar disturbances. And of course, there's the, the training yard where uh, people could practice their martial prowess. I never got uh, much use out of that. And uh, of course, there is the, the meeting table where we would have discussions among other Rift Keepers and with the uh, representatives of House Lydon and other uh, members who were aware of the Rift Keepers. And uh, as she's talking and you're all heading into distinct directions, uh, Grawl, where are you headed? Uh, I would like to go check out uh, that hunched shape I saw kind of like moving around. Okay, so you're following Cherish to the, the library mm -hmm. area. And Kanaeus is kind of hanging out on the balcony Ooh. and just overlooking kind of with a, a grin on his face. He's tapping a hoofed foot a little bit. And Cherish... You are heading, you're beelining for these stacks of books when this large figure comes around a corner, snapping a book closed with like a curious look on his long bovine face. And the tall, curved horns protruding forward of Ooh. Judah Some Palm. Oh shit! Comes around the corner. Judah! And. He will like, get a wide, shocked expression on his face, and he will, like, drop the book and throw his hands up and say, My, my friends, you've, what, how, what is, I, I don't, I, I don't. Judah, hug me! Cherish, yes, and he will come down and <laughs> wrap you in this huge hug. Um, he is wearing uh, these, like, long robes from the waist down that kind of come down to about floor level from the waist up he is wearing the uh long gi that uh, he usually wears it's been rolled up to about his sleeves and you can see his biceps are like barely being contained uh by the the form-fitting garment and on his left hand he has these long beaded wrap that goes up to about mid forearm uh he is a minotaur he is much much skinnier than arbadon um, and he has none of the ritualistic scarring that Arbadon has. Uh, right. His form is much slimmer and, like, wirier. He's got a, a thinner face and horns that don't go out and up like Arbadons do, but kind of, like, curl and go forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he finishes hugging you, he will set you down and say, This is incredible, amazing. Tears are crawl. Judah! Right. I'll, like, rush over. I, I, how, uh, how, 
How? 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 How are you? How are you? How? How are you? How are you? We we were trying to we were trying to scry for you like a month ago because we were worried about you and we couldn't find you. Ah, uh, was that what that was? Hmm. Uh. But you're okay. Are you okay? Yes, I'm. I'm <laughs> it is a long story, Cherish. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yes. Ours uh, too. <laughs> And he'll, like, glance around and, uh, like, say, like, wave at Grawl and, uh, how, how is it that you came here? Well, um. I, I thought we were trapped magic. within the city. Uh, magic, yes, of course. Yeah, it's always magic. magic. Uh, that's All sort right. of the, the short version. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And it's about this time that Sid appears on the top deck. Canaeus, Do I see? Canaeus is still up there, and he will, like, turn as you appear. <sighs> Do I see uh, Judah? You see this, Here. like, jubilant reunion happening down below you, yeah. I, I go down. And uh, you pass Etsuko, who is standing stock still at the bottom of the stairs, having not, like, pressed any farther after Judah appeared. Uh, I will actually... Uh, never mind. I think I'm too excited by this. And Judah will see you coming down the stairs and say, Sid! Judah, it's good to see you. Yes. It's nice to see a friendly face. <laughs> Same. Yes, indeed. Oh, I was very much not expecting a threadless reunion. <laughs> I don't, don't suppose... think any of us were. I don't suppose Camion Valor? They're down south. That's where I... Th honestly, that's where I thought you were. Uh, that is... was perhaps my intention, but um, I was waylaid here. Well, maybe after we sort of figure out this whole situation, we can all head down there together. If you want, that's where we're going next. Yes, um, as I said, my intention was to find Valor again. I've had a great deal of time to consider things after the last trial. Yeah. Um, I know it was a, a difficult experience for all of us. <laughs> Yeah. But I feel as though it will take the nine of us to resolve this, whatever this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, welcome, welcome. Um, this is the Riftkeeper Sanctum. Uh, it has been my home for... The last couple of months. I apologize Did... if it maybe smells a little bit. Um, I didn't notice anything. Ah, good. Yes, then ignore what I just said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Already forgotten. Hmm. Uh, but we should we should sit down and you know tell us how you how you came to be in here. What what you've been doing? 
oh, yes, of course. Um, and he will press around and like pat you on the shoulder as he passes Grawl, and um, he will give you a friendly nod, Sid, and then he will stop suddenly as he sees Etsuko. Oh, do you guys know each other? Um, and Etsuko will say, yes. Insight check? Yes, what's, please. What is, what is this yes, energy? What is Ra this would energy? really like to know what's happening here. <laughs> Why is that always our go-to whenever anything is awkward? We're just like, exes! <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, nice. we're messy bitches. <laughs> That's true. We are the messiest bitches. Um, okay. Yeah. Wait. 22. 24. There is a palpable sense of fear coming from Etsuko. Oh no! And there is a similar sense of, maybe not fear, but definitely... Uh, surprise caution. and caution oh. coming from from Judah. He will instinctively kind of just touch the beads on his left hand. Uh, Is everything alright? And Etsuko How? will say This is Judah Sunpalm then. Mm-hmm. He is another of the Threadless. Mm-hmm. I see. And Judah will say, You... I did not leave by choice, you have to understand. Oh, no. And Etsuko will just stare at him and say, I understand. That does not lessen the danger. And Judah will kind of bow his head and nod and say, I know. What? <laughs> and Etsuko will turn and start walking up the stairs, and Judah will shake his head and turn back to all of you and say, I'm sorry, this is not... Uh, I... Where I'm from, it's where we're... And he'll gesture up at Etsuko. Where we're from, it's, it's not... Uh, it, it was not proper that I left, not that I, I didn't have a choice. The trials, we were just drawn away, but I, I, there were more than a few occasions where I chose not to return, and he'll glance over at Sid and say, or I didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah. I, the masters of a monastery, the place where we are from, it, um, 
They they take that sort of thing very seriously. <laughs> Cherish puts a, a hand on on Judah's like probably lower arm, forearm. I'm not sure if she can reach the upper About arm, his elbow. or maybe she can, and it's mm-hmm. awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of says like. I talked to her about about that. It to me, it frankly doesn't sound like a very nice place. Anyway, it is a good place, Cherish. I understand that from an outsider's perspective, it might not seem like a good thing, but it helps people like me, like her. As Etsuko, you'll see disappearing into a room upstairs. Do you... Should one of us go after her? Do you think she'll be alright? Look to Grawl. Upstairs <laughs> will wave a hand and turn and, like, knock gently on the door into her room. Okay. Yeah. Judah will say she is of the same class as I. I'm... Etsuko is her name, yes? Yes. Uh, Master. His name is Control. I know it sounds weird, but that is his name. Uh, My name is Cherish. My boyfriend's name is Vengeance. Weird. It's fine. Oh, hmm? Uh, alright. It's a long story. Okay. Cherish says, filling her mouth with snacks. <laughs> <laughs> you found the snack just drawer. rations. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Judah will shake his hand and say, Master Control, he is very serious about these sorts of things. It's... It is not something to be taken lightly. The fact that I chose not to return on several occasions is... Um, we've all had to make choices that the people around us might not understand and Judah will look to you seriously tears and nod thank you but um this is old news it doesn't affect what's going on now I assume she also a, a rift keeper. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Hmm. Wowzers. Um. Yeah. Great. Are you all also rift keepers? Just, Just you're, Sid. You're not a rift keeper till Blizz says you're a rift keeper. Apparently. Uh, he yeah. li- definitely like you to think that. Yes. Sid has the the thing, the watch. Ah, yes. Uh, I was given one of those as well by... You got one too. The old uh, mage. You, did everyone else get a watch? Yeah, right. Does right? she just, like, not... I mean, why I would she not, like, Cherish one. and I, but... I mean, you two don't trust her at, at all, so... And I we're mean, blatantly insubordinate. Yeah. yeah I mean, obviously. it makes sense. I'm still mad about it, though. 
If it makes you feel any better, I don't think Talila or Valor got one either. I mean, Talila doesn't have one because the old mage can't find her. Which is why I'm yeah, it's be right. living, but. <laughs> oh, so oh, so we you... spoke to her. Oh, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Oh yes. Um, she's in Stormhaven. Mm -hmm. She's doing that great. I don't know what to make of that statement. She's fine. It's confusing on she's many fronts. Mostly, she's alive. And mostly thriving. George, George is doing well. That's not a George. Is very in. big. No, he's very big and uh, deadly silent. Oh yeah, uh, I think she lives scary. inside of him sometimes. Some sort yeah. of mobile home. But does that surprise you? Yes. No. <laughs> it shouldn't, though. I worry about what my absence might have led to her. I, it was always better when she was with Valor or I. Yeah. She, she did talk about you guys. Ah, good. I think. I don't think she's going to leave Stormhaven, though. Um... She seems to be under the impression that that we're gonna have to go back to to Stormhaven. Mm-hmm. For Next the Maker Festival. For the festival. Oh. It, I think this whole thing really messed her up. Worse. Does it speak ill of my mind that I did not even consider that? I did. We didn't either. Hmm. I'm I, still not convinced, but also. I had thought with the cards that it was, and after what had happened with, and he'll sort of stop and just stare into the middle distance. With the, uh, with the witch. Yeah, I'm sorry right. to bring it up again. It's, I I know that <laughs> that was more difficult on you, I think, than. It was certainly something. Um, but yes, uh, well, hopefully, as I said, I, 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 I do believe it will come down to we threadless whatever is happening here. I, I have perhaps some insight into this that may be linked to what the Skane Witch did to me. That's good, and then we probably transition into the, you know, the propellers, and we <laughs> tell Judah about. Our... I mean, we don't have to tell her, tell him about like what happened. Just that we don't know exactly what is going on with her, maybe. I think that oh. we should probably go over the, you know, visiting Zenerva, well, closing the first rift, mm -hmm. going back to Wickmore's Landing, mm -hmm. Lucrezia is part of the cult, and she is now... Some maybe, stuff Some stuff happened. Some stuff happened. She tried to kill us. No, 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 no. We can't... No, no, no. This is not a, one of those, we have to keep this a secret kind of thing. This doesn't work. So, no, no secrets. <laughs> you sit down with Judah and begin discussing what you've been up to since the Maker Festival. Yeah. What specifically do you leave out? If anything. I, I mean, 
Cherish is not, Cherish is not going to leave anything out. I I don't think that Tirza will try to leave anything out either. Honestly, out of all the the threadless, I feel like Judah is probably up there as far as ones that I can trust. And I and I think that <laughs> yes, as Reed was making fun of me for, I think that like Tirza thinks it's very important that we all at least know what's going on with everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I'm so, leave anything out. Lucrezia might be alive, but that's going to be a hard, a hard needle to thread. Pun intended. <laughs> <sighs> and all of that with the hobgoblins, they just decided to leave? Yeah. I'm not really sure where they are on that journey currently. Uh, they probably... probably check in with our favorite mayor. Yeah. Oh, that will be... And the mayor of your town's a vampire? Yeah. He's That's just like, the worst. Come on, Judah. That's like, That's like the least weird thing that we've told you. I'm sorry, but I was definitely... Among where I was raised, vampires are definitely considered kind of like... You can't save that. Well, I mean, as a person, he just doesn't... I don't know, he's kind of an asshole. He's been mayor of the town for 300 years, and you know that there's a term limit on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of holding the economy hostage, whether he knows it or not. It's fine. Better than the mayor of, well, former <laughs> mayor Again, of He's probably Stormhaven. still alive, too. Fucking idiot-ass Pyrescale. God, I yeah. hate that guy. Mm. Yes. Pyrescale. I have a strong intuition that he is somehow tied into all of this. Right? Oh, definitely. Right? But Sarah uh, and keeps saying, it's it's too obvious, or whatever her accent is. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's, it's too obvious. <laughs> it's wrong. Um. <laughs> Not funny. Not uh. funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Judah will turn to you, Tirza, and say, Lucrezia, she. I do not believe she is dead. We don't either, but we don't know where she is. Hmm. And I don't know how willing she'll be to help us. Even before she'll, like, dirty glance at Sid if he's that scoff. Uh, I don't know if he does that. <laughs> we will have to find a way. I am certain she is important to all of this as well. Um, so, 
question. Do we also detail the um, Grawl is maybe not a threadless thing to him? Um, I think that's up to Grawl. Yeah. That seems like a very personal decision. We like we like get to that part and then all three as one turn to him. And then Grawl turns like as you turn to look at him, he turns to look at the <laughs> next person to him. What what what? We're we looking at what? Oh right, yes. Uh, fun fact: Judah, me, not a threadless, according to a crazy bird lady in her stupid roving house. But what is? What do I know? She, hmm. Anyways, I'm I not do not believe this all. is true. Yeah, right. There we go. Like, I mean, Grawl's as much a part of this as the rest of us. Precisely. Trust me, Grawl. I have a sense about this. It's a feeling. You are important to this somehow. Judah has spoken. <laughs> now, Thadless again. It is, it is an odd sensation, but the skein which showed me a, a life stretched out before me, a course of events that may or may not happen, and I cannot see the future. Things have already begun to change, but I have feelings, intuitions about what is close and what is right. It is upsetting at times, but it also can be useful. And, hey, I know how I'm going to die, so... <sighs> That's something, Blessing and a curse, I suppose. Yes. But, yes, I... It is good to know that Valor and Camion are together, at least, in the south with this other rift. The presence of demons is definitely unsettling, though. Yeah. I think you made the right choice in coming here first, though. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I don't know a whole lot about demons. I don't really know what their weaknesses are. I'm hoping that... Ah! And he will stand up and gesture towards the, the wealth of knowledge and say, mm -hmm. You've definitely come to the right place, then. I have been studying here these last few months, and there is a wealth of knowledge. Oh, I'm so excited. The scholars of House Lyodon have studied the facets of the Outer Plains for generations. How outer? All of the Outer Plains within the Great Wheel and beyond. Oh. And, and beyond, you say? Yes. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to fill out my... Your PowerPoint! Oh my god, it's gonna be so excellent. My PowerPoint's gonna be so much better now! <laughs> I was attempting to find some answers to our current predicament, though unfortunately, Cherish, I will assure you that there might not be the answers for our current situation here. Well, we have some leads. So, 
mostly going to focus in on that. Um, or one new lead, I guess. And it's about that time that Canaeus will come out of Etzigo's room and slowly close it behind him and walk down to all of you. And he'll introduce himself to Judah and they will clasp hands and Canaeus will turn to you all and say, uh, she, she just needs some time. Okay. Needs that to understand sense. that not all paths go the same direction. I think I talked her some that way. Okay. Um, what have you, uh, what have you learned? Anything? A great, I don't know. Many things. I Yeah, sorry. Not to like, oh, bullet point everything you've learned in the past two months. Just like anything particularly interesting. I had initially come here to learn the ways of the Riftkeeper. Uh, I sought out their ways. They were whispered of in my monastery. The people who sheltered at where I grew up all had connections to extraplanar entities. It left a, a corruption in them that needed to be controlled to a certain extent. But here, I have learned a great many things. I believe that whatever is occurring, I believe it has been occurring for a great long time before this. We are simply at a tipping point, an axis of some kind. Yes. That does seem to be the case. But I do not think planar intrusions and strange realm portals opening up is a new thing. It certainly isn't newer than <laughs> 17 years ago, that's for sure. Perhaps even older than that. Yeah. Though there are curious gaps that I have been encountering, I cannot rightly explain them, and honestly, none from House Lyodon can either. Master Suorn does his best, but uh, among elves, though he is an elder among them, he is still young. It is a strange thing here in Fair Aemsir. Elves are rumored to be able to live many, many years, but there are few here that are old enough to remember before the valley. That is strange. Yes. As you are all having this discussion. It's probably taken you uh, maybe a little over an hour to tell the whole story 
of your interactions since the Maker Festival. Mm. Judah uh, tells you his side of things. After the Maker Festival, he left. He headed back home. And there he was kind of officially, unofficially excommunicated from his monastery. Um, and he decided to head here and try to become a rift keeper. He had contacted the old mage, and she had agreed. And so of his own recognizance, he decided to seek out these people so he could try to help. And then he got trapped here. And this is where he's been yeah. for the last couple of months. Well, hopefully we can fix that. He's very hopeful, because... With the power of five threadless, there is no problem you should be able to shouldn't be able to overcome. Uh huh. Sure. Okay. Did you not just listen to the story of incompetence we just told you? <laughs> what he heard was the story of four people doing their best to help the world and overcoming insane odds to achieve victory over and over again. Hell That's yeah. probably more accurate, yeah. Despite the decisions that those four people made. It's yes. true, at times. At various yeah, intervals. At <laughs> yeah, he is mostly impressed by the fact that you've just been able to close rifts without any prior training, and he is especially curious about uh, Sid's involvement in that. Because he hasn't quite received that training yet either, but he's been led to believe that it's a, like, very finicky ritual magic thing, and he wasn't... He was not aware that you were capable of that sort of thing. He and Stormpiercer seem to have a knack for it, yes. Yeah. Just kind of comes to me, I guess. I don't know. Mm, that's a heck of a knack. Yeah. Mm. Cherish is giving Sid the stink eye, I'm sure. Just like, I, don't, I wasn't saying it was just Sid, but he <sighs> does have an uncanny, like, preternatural aptitude for the... Uh, sorry, audio listeners, you can't see the dumb fake sword move I just did. <laughs> the swish swish. Yeah. Um, no, but like, but okay, and this is not, and this is not me, Elliot. Like, I don't care shit. But oh, yeah. in Cherish's <laughs> mind, fucking every time we talk about this, everyone's always like, "Oh my god, shit, that's incredible, <laughs> bitch, bitch, you wouldn't be able to do this without me." <laughs> I'm sure it's more infuriating that for the first time, Sid is not talking up how great he is at it. He's just like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. He's being Which very... almost worse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when you're telling the story, Judah is an excellent audience member. He is angry at Phineas Finebrook at all the right times. He Curses. is... Uh, oh, our only friend, our only true friend. Our, <laughs> <laughs> our ultimate ally against evil. <laughs> he cheers at all the appropriate moments. Uh, he is thoroughly impressed by your achievements and your ability to overcome adversity. 
Uh, while this is happening, he will bustle off to the side, and you see now that beneath the balcony where you had been, there is a an alcove that looks like it is a kitchen and ready room made for supplies, and he will, like, grab everyone water, and uh, he will bring out a cheese board. Ooh, nice. Charcuterie board! <laughs> is it, or is it just cheeses? He's just cheeses. Yes. Um, yeah. Remember? Now there's food down here. Is there beverages? Uh, there is water. There's just water. Okay. Uh, I was gonna say, Cherish can make it magically taste <laughs> like alcohol. This is true. Oh, I still have. I mean, I still have uh, quite a. I stole. I stole a lot of of liquor from that from that, and I don't know if we're running out at the. Uh, running low at this point, but um, you're definitely making headway in your ill yeah. guy. I am making headway. <sighs> um, Our very own junior varsity Darren Dunn over here. <laughs> yeah. In fact, give me a constitution saving throw. All uh, right. Uh, at disadvantage. Yeah. No, you don't have no, disadvantage saving throw. on oh. yeah, saving throws until yeah, it's only third level. Oh, uh, right, right, right. It's uh, ability third level checks. Exhaustion, yeah. something like that. Constitution, I think that's a plus one. Ooh, hey, 17. Nice. You also okay. have a plus two to that. <laughs> oh, so 19. All right. Um, yeah, Though you've... if Tirza could take it away, she would. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a solid buzz, but you're not necessarily, like, sloppy drunk. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, you're yeah. certainly working your way towards it, though. Yeah, yeah. And... I think. Oh yeah, go for yeah, it. No, go, go ahead. Uh, yeah. If the conversation uh, comes to a lull, I think I might go to the training area to take out some frustration. Okay. I was actually going to ask if do we bring up the Lyodon thing or do we staunchly avoid that? The the Lyodon Sid connection. New band name. Light on Sid connection. Yeah, Judah at the very least doesn't seem to be making that connection immediately. Yeah, again, that sort of seems like a very personal thing. That I would probably leave I would it up to Sid. I would say that Sid doesn't bring it up, um, but if it is brought up, he doesn't object to it. All you people with humanoid faces look the same to Minotaurs, so fair enough. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. It's all got um, I don't, eyes I, that are way too small and noses that are too short. Mm -hmm. The only yeah. reason I even look remotely uh, outstanding is because I'm purple. purple yeah. <laughs> I'm a hobgoblin, so... And I'm pale. Nah, AF. Nah. You're just like a pale dude. Grawl is closer to looking right with the tusks and the... Yeah. Mm, fair. Uh. Uh, yeah, I think I deliberately probably don't bring up the that whole thing so okay uh so sid you want to uh work out some frustration on one of the training dummies yeah okay are you using your storm piercer or are you grabbing a practice sword is there so so it's like a like a wooden dummy or it looks to be made of a combination of wooden 
like tendrils around the joints and like metal plating and some uh, strange ceramics around the head and chest area. Yeah, I'll use a wooden dummy. I'll prop up uh, Stormpiercer sort of nearby. And he will, as you put down Stormpiercer, Stormpiercer will say, It's going to be okay, Sid. <sighs> yeah. I just want to, you know, just get this over with. Yes. make time <laughs> uh, uh, yeah he remembers the uh, reference that Suoran made uh, about Lucidian making time to see to see us uh, and then he goes into hitting this uh, this dummy not really like fencing but just kind of like wailing on it yeah okay what are the rest of you doing while Sid is beating the Wordly shit watching Sid. <laughs> research, 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 research. Okay. Grawl. You're muted, buddy. That's so you guys can't hear me almost sneeze. Sure. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, Grawl's trying to figure out exactly how he's going to get someone into the dreamlands. Okay. Um, yeah. In that case, Cherish, give me an investigation roll. Okay. Tirza, give me a perception check. And Grawl, give me an intelligence saving throw. Oh, better at insight, but it's not so bad. That's not bad. What's my saving throw? It's probably not great. Uh, 18. 18, okay. Nice. You... Reading back through, like, what you remember of the, the mayor's interactions and what was described to you uh, after the fact, you are beginning to put together that there is a ritual of some kind that will let you guide people into the dreamlands. Uh -huh. It definitely involves some kind of incense burning. It involves someone who has been there before acting as a guide. And at the very least, allowing people to see the door that you see that first door into uh, the deeper slumber as opposed to just light sleep that most people experience. But whereas the mayor just kind of like shoved your friends through the door and let like let them stumble around and try to figure things out, you yes. think there could probably be a more hands-on approach where you led people through it. Okay. But it will probably involve more research or finding someone who knows specifically how to do it. But you think it's very much possible. Okay. Cherish, what specifically Fine. are you researching? Um, I kind of feel like if there was a 
reference to these amulets that like they would have found them already right like mm. um so i'm gonna f maybe focus on references to see if i can find out what the wilding is because like like referencing what i saw like at the edge like seeing mm -hmm. the bird fly into it and like instantly changing and all the weird shit okay um, and I got a 19 on my investigation. Okay. The knowledge here is unlike anything you've read before. It is travel logs and first-hand accounts and very, very detailed research documents based on people who have clearly traveled to these places and mm -hmm. brought back stories. These are the kinds of things you would have killed for in the right. Old Mage's Tower. I know. And looking back, it seems obvious now that these are the sorts of things that were definitely, like, removed specifically from the Old Mage's Tower. And maybe are being kept here. Yeah. And... Yeah, this you, you spend like a good hour just like pouring through some of these stuff, and Judah is giving you some pointers about like good stuff to look for, and you definitely narrow it down to a few outer planes that seem to be very easy culprits to blame. Mm -hmm. uh, the Feywild is definitely one of them, uh, though that's not an outer plane; that's an inner plane. Yeah. The upper layers of the Beastlands, you learn, are not a snowy tundra. The first one is kind of a, a mountainous forested region. The second mm -hmm. layer is a thick, dense jungle. Oh, interesting. And the third and lowest most layer is a, uh, a taiga and a tundra. Mm-hmm. Didn't, um, just trying to remember, like, didn't someone say that, like, if it's already a beast or something, going into the Beastlands doesn't do anything to it? Right. Yeah, yeah, so it would make a whole lot of sense. Um, you also learn about a strange place called Bytopia, which is a, a weird realm that apparently, like, the, the sky is just a second world, and this is a place of dualities and uh, strange uh, mixtures of like twinned realities it's it's a very bizarre place that apparently like reflections of itself is what it produces so in one side of bytopia a little bird will be just a bird and on the upper realm of the plane it will be some kind of like horrific giant monster hmm. and vice versa yeah so a, a scholar and a pleasant individual on one side will be an assassin and a cutthroat on the other. Oh, yeah. You also learn of a plane called Arborea. Uh, sorry, you cut out there. Arborea. Arborea. Which is, by all accounts, a lush and verdant place that some elves to be considered their version of heaven. Oh, wow. It is apparently where the god Corellan makes his home. Uh, and it's said that elves go there when they die, or that all elves wish to go there 
before they die to kind of like preempt it. It's sort of a across the sea from Lord of the Rings sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, a lot of the other ones don't strike you as quite right. There are plenty of weird outer planes that you can point to, but those are the ones where it's like, okay, ancient primal magic making things monstrous, that seems to point in this direction. Mm-hmm. There are definitely references to layers of the abyss that might be uh, <laughs> problematic as well. Yeah, but you'd think there'd be demons coming out of it, right? Right, and that's why you sort of cross that one off. Yeah. But yes, that is what you learn. Hmm. Interesting. Tirza, what did you get on your perception check? Uh, my Shamra on the Wise die is treating me very well tonight. I got a 19. 19. You notice when the man appears on the upper floor of this place in the teleportation circle. This man of uh, middling height, elvish features, familiar elvish features, a scar running down just past his left eye. He has bright golden eyes, and he is wearing a stately suit of some kind Christ it's gonna be good it's gonna be good get your popcorn kids <laughs> yeah you're the first to notice this person's appearance um just above Sid oh. as he is just yeah. beating the ever loving shit out of this training it dummy. probably makes the resemblance like oh. and at the same time like split images because Sid is probably really ruffled and not as suave as I assume this asshole is. <laughs> um, if Sid I... got maybe like 20 more years on him and was very well groomed just cooled look... his shit a little bit yeah. yeah but there is a wariness to this individual a haunted expression on their face. Their cheekbones are much sharper than Sid's. Their eyes a little sunken, dark circles beneath them. Oh boy. Um, there are lines on this face that weren't there when that portrait was taken that you've seen. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I will... As gently as possible while still being able to be heard over the sounds of, uh, I'm assuming, ceramic cracking. Uh, I will Two practice call out. have already been destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will be like, uh, Sid. Uh, I think it takes a bit. Um... Tirza will repeat a little bit firmer. And then, as, and then as a pra the next practice sword breaks, he's just kind of standing there, um, sort of breathing heavily. Uh, and Tirza will look up at and Lucidian. Sid, you will hear a voice above you on the platform say, 
to Tirza. Tirza, this person will look at you as you've said this name twice now. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And he will say, I'm sorry, have we met? God. Uh, I don't think, I think Tirza has glanced up at him and then is, is looking at, at actual, at, at our Sid. I don't think she acknowledges. Good him. Sid. <laughs> that good, good Sid. Alpha Sid. <laughs> rest of us notice this happening. I think you probably glanced up when that crack happened of the the third <laughs> practice sword breaking. Like old me just hit Sid. Come on. And then oh shit. <laughs> Have I noticed? I mean, your attention is being drawn to tears at the moment. And she glances up and then glances back down at you. I look up. Sorry, yeah, I'm muted. The look was more of a, like, hey, dude, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not more of a, like, gesture to that. And you have to, to walk that. out a little bit from beneath the balcony to glance up at the figure who is standing there. Hmm. And they will look from Tirza down to you. And they will just stop. One hand on the railing. One hand by their side. And their mouth is slightly open, their eyes wide. Clearly at a loss for words. I think I think that I Sid is as well. I think I go and I grab Stormpiercer. Um I I fix it onto my belt. I walk back up. So you've strode across this training ground, picked up Stormpiercer where it was leaning, and this guy's eyes haven't left you the whole time and if anything, his eyes get a little bit wider as he sees the sword. Hmm. His mouth closes, though, and he swallows dryly. I guess you had time after all. There's, uh, and he will like take a step backwards and he's clearly trying to process something he will put a hand up to his face and shake his head and swallow and then turn and begin moving slowly across the across the uh, the catwalk over to the stairs and is coming down, his head always turned to keep Sid in his sight. 
Grawl still sitting at the table, just sitting awkwardly as this guy walks past. I mean, I'm not going to try to draw attention to myself. Sure, yeah, yeah no, uh, I'm, I'm just, do. I'm just setting the scene. It's just like the soft yeah. focus of Grawl just sitting in front as this guy comes around and like the camera pans in front of you as he walks behind. It's the, and then they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> and they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> Cherish, you and Judah are over by a table near the stacks of books, and like, yeah, there's a, a a grip of silence that clings to at least Judah as this guy walks down the stairs and rounds the table. Um, is Sid in my line of sight as well? Yeah, I mean, there's okay. no really to hide. Yeah, I here. just I think that like when this happened, Cherish was, like, coming back to the table with another book, and so she's sort of just, like, standing stock still, like, kind of a little white-knuckling the book. Canaeus is over by the portcullis that out... that overlooks the just empty void of sky out beyond this place. But he has definitely turned and is observing all of this. And... This man will round the corner and come towards the middle of the floor here, kind of equidistant from all the little sectioned-off areas, and is just still staring at Sid. You doing anything? Uh, I'm just silent, waiting for him to say something. And he will stare at you for a long moment and you can see his throat working his jaw clenching and unclenching he tries to lick his lips but clearly his tongue is like dry and it sticks awkwardly for a second and he i uh... I'm sorry. I... But you... You came here, you... She never wanted you to come here. What she wanted stopped mattering ten years ago. find you I tried to I sent I sent people to find you and no one they said you were 
at an orphanage, but there was they, they, they weren't there. I was for a bit. I got out. <sighs> Found my own. Found my own way, I guess. I don't. You you survive though you you. I would have been there if I if I'd only known where to look if I if I if I'd known where to find you. You know what I'm struck by since since coming here to to Seer is just the sheer. magnitude of of power of resources that House Lyodon seems to wield <laughs> the connections you must have to to powerful mages to the, the art the the old mage herself It's just <laughs> you can say whatever you want, but please keep this in mind. The reason I am here is not to <laughs> it's not about you. I'm here to fix whatever problem you seem to be unable to fix. And, and why? Why? Why did she send you, then? The old mage? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe because I'm threadless. I have some sort of inherent connection to everything that is happening in the valley so far. I've closed two rifts with the help of my friends. Maybe I and the rest of the threadless are the people to do it. The old mage doesn't really say a lot about her motivations, her actions. I'm sure you no, are because aware. she didn't tell me that you were alive. Of course she didn't. She doesn't tell anyone anything. The connections I all useless. So this is how I find out that you're alive. Some old worm telling me after 
nearly two decades. This is how I find out that she named you after me. This is how I learn that no one watched out for my son for ten years. Blame me if you need to. God knows I have enough blame that needs to weigh on my shoulders. I can take a bit more. But don't think I didn't try. If I had known, if I... If I had known, I would have moved heaven and earth. She didn't want this life for you, but I would have given it. I would have given it in a heartbeat. And damn how slide on, damn the council, damn them all. So I understand, I'm sorry. This was a mistake, and he'll turn and he'll just start walking away. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. And I think I think Sid just can't even <sighs> You can't even have the decency to be a fucking asshole to me after all this shit. I have carried so much resentment towards you, and you can't even give me the decency to be a fucking asshole. Fuck you! And I storm off. And as you are turning, and both Sidians have their backs to each other, A voice rings out clear and stolid, and Stormpiercer will shout, ENOUGH! You absolute idiots! She wouldn't want this. I I I don't know what she wanted because she didn't tell me Stormpiercer and Lucidian is going to just 
turn with this shocked expression on his face as you begin talking at your sword. <laughs> and Stormpiercer will say, She isn't here to make this right. It is up to you, Sid. I can't. I can't. Just... I just want to... Sid begins to cry openly. <laughs> Lucidian will say a word that none of you recognize. He will say, Storan? And Stormpursa will say, I'm sorry? And Lucidian will say, Storan, I remember your voice. You were the one who spoke to her at night. I'm sorry, what? And Stormpiercer will say, Yes, I'm apologies, I am a sword. <laughs> And Lucidian is just staring at the sword, at you. There was a, a, a spirit. Uh, I, I, I always called it a ghost, but it was mostly just to tease Angela. It, I don't know what it was, but it spoke to her. It spoke to her at night. She said its name was Storan. I I <laughs> what it, of a a voice? What are you, what are you talking about? Yes, I would like to know this too. Is, this is my forge-bound item. I am his sword. Lucidian is just going to shake his head and say, "I I don't I I, I don't know." Uh I... That was her sword. That that's that is Stormpiercer. Yes. I, we couldn't find any of her. I tried to find. After I found out, she. You managed to find it when I could not. I know where to look. 
But that voice, that... I've heard that voice before. Maybe it's just a similar voice. That doesn't make any sense. Forgebound items are forgebound items. They're not anything before. As far as I know. But... I don't... I don't... I... I... And Lucidian, who was like halfway to the stairs, is, is going to hold his hands up and is just going to put his fingertips at his temples and is still shaking his head and he doesn't know what to make of any of this. And he is confused and upset and he's clearly at a loss for words. The old mage knew. And you see... His hands come away from his face, and they will tighten into fists that lower down to his waist. And he'll say, She knew a great many things, apparently. I think she knows... more than any of us will ever know. Can I insight check him on sure. the old mage? Oh, fuck. Uh, not great. Um, what is my insight? Plus six. Okay. Uh, that would be a 14. The anger is just coming off him in waves. You can see the veins pulsing at his wrists and at his neck. And he is clearly only just now dealing with some of this information. He has barely had time to process any of this. She knew you were alive. She knew. She knew. She and Angela. That is, Angela was one of. She was one of the rift keepers. She was in the old mage's councils. She, the old mage, knew her better than any of us. Better even than me, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When, when you were born, though, I... She said she didn't want you part of this. And he'll just, like, wave a hand towards the ceiling. Any of this. And then my father died, and I, I heat... He picked me, of all people. He couldn't have picked Oren or Air. He had to pick me. I'm sorry. 
why would mom why would she hide all of this I don't know I loved your mother, but she kept so many secrets. I only learned about the rift keeping after I took up House Lyodon. I. It's all a bit more clear now, but it's not... I don't have the whole picture. I'm sorry. I keep saying I'm sorry. It's... 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 I'm stuck. I'm sorry. I, and then I said it again. Uh, I can't... I can't make this up to you. I can't bring back the time. I'm s <laughs> well, I... I honestly don't even know if I would want you to. Because... I don't know if I would be the person I am today without it. I don't know if I would have met these people without it. I don't know. Are the rest of you doing anything while this is happening? Uh, I was going to say, Tirza is like ho hover handing, like probably a foot or two away from Sid. Like she definitely got up when he started to cry and like stepped to him and then stopped herself. Yeah, I think. Cherish probably did the same thing, but once the sword thing started happening, she kind of stopped, kind of mostly because she was confused. Um, Grawl didn't move at all. He just flipped a page. No, he, <laughs> he closed his book and <laughs> basically scared both of you without blinking. Um, yeah. Not like Malcolm uh, Gate, but like, yeah. And I, I think Tirza, when when Sid says, "I don't know if I would have met any of these people," I think Tirza says, "You always would have met us, Sid." That's not what I meant, but I was trying to be nice about it. But yeah, also it that it would have been a different me. Judah, who will have come up on the opposite side, is Tirza. Will say, I don't think it matters which version of you it would have been. You still would have been a good man. It had. It has, it has to matter 
if it doesn't matter, then I didn't need to go through everything that I've been through. I needed it because I wouldn't have been strong without it. It made me strong. I had to be strong. Do you understand, Judah? It does matter where we come from. Because otherwise, all of this shit that I have been through was for nothing. And I will not accept that. Judo will remain silent. But look at you steadily not breaking eye contact until you do. And I look back up at Lucidian and I say, I have a lot of complicated feelings around you, which I'm sure you can understand. And I have a lot to process too. <laughs> and this is not something that I can just think my way through. So just understand that. Okay. Yes, I understand it. I will always be here for you now. I need you to understand that, though. You can hate me if you want, I understand. You can never talk to me again. You can... You can go be a hero and save this city, but I am here for you if you need anything. I will not, I will not leave you again. He will stand awkwardly at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. His jaw set, his fists still clenched. I will always. Leaving your mother the first time was a mistake. If I could do it again, I would let this city burn.
just give me some time, okay? You will be able to get word to me if you need me. I'll make sure of it. And he will turn and begin mounting the stairs. And he will stop at the top as though he's about to say something else, but shake his head and keep walking. Eventually, he'll reach the teleportation ring, and he'll stop one last time and glance down over the railing at you. And he'll say, You... You wear the sword well. And then he'll step through the ring. That's when Cherish closes the gap. <laughs> yeah, I, I will think. Step aside. Really, really, really hoping he was a giant fucking prick. I mean, I don't really think the jury's out yet on that one, personally, but that's just me. It's true. Or the jury is still out. The jury is one. still out, yeah, no. Anyway. <sighs> Fuck. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you're really tired and kind of drunk. I think that you need to go rest for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I need that. Thanks, Just Cherish. Leave the flask here. Please. Okay. And he hands you the flask. Okay. I'll put it back in the bag of holding. Thanks. I'll bring you some water and some food later if you want. Sure. Sid goes to a room, I guess. Easy enough. Going upstairs, you find a room. They're simple affairs. A bed. Uh, a wardrobe. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I ask uh, Stormpiercer, do you think, do you think he was being honest? The old mage lied to him? Stormpiercer is weirdly quiet. 
and does not respond. I think yeah. we have more questions than answers now. Yeah. I guess at least it's another perspective on everything. And as the two of you are alone in your room, Stormpiercer will say quietly, Sid? Yes. I don't know if I am a forge-bound item. Huh. What are the rest of you doing? Fuck. <laughs> uh, Cherish definitely had some ulterior motives in bringing said food and water because that is exactly the conversation that I need to have with him. Yeah. So, I think she's kind of in the, the ready room kind of putting some stuff together but also mostly trying to figure out how she wants to start that conversation when happens. Okay. Tirza, Grawl, you up to anything? As the emotional turbulence begins to settle a little bit in the room. Oof, yeah. Um, actually, um, just the talk of forge-bound stuff. Um, have I gotten any read off Sadagar about this place? Um, Sadagar was keenly interested in the function of the floating island in the middle of open sky, in the middle of a crystal mm -hmm. tree. Um, but this place in particular, he seems very focused on... Well, at first he was very interested in the knowledge that might be withdrawn from the stacks of books, but in the wake of the dueling SIDS, he seems very withdrawn and contemplative. Oh, my good, good artificer boy. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. Uh then no i think i think tirza is like kind of at a loss okay um grawl uh is just kind of sitting there thinking to himself uh he's thinking about his forge-bound item that he's never touched. He's thinking about family. He's thinking about lots of stuff. Okay. Yeah. 
Brawl, you would notice Etsuko slipping out of her room finally, uh, mm. coming downstairs and moving over to grab herself some food and water. And uh, she, she will meekly approach Judah, and they begin having a quiet conversation. let them talk if they happen to look over or anything Grawl will just be absentmindedly flipping through a book uh, you'll definitely catch Etsuko glancing over at you at least once yes <laughs> little victories <laughs> yeah. when she's done talking to Judas she will come over and set a glass of water near you not next to you, but near you. And then yeah, cl oh. close enough. Scuttle away. Six feet, right? Six feet. Magical Too real. Too real. Yeah. Fucking uh, real. Yeah. Um, I'll, give, I'll give her a nod. Small. Small. One, one tooth smile. Mm -hmm. And she will return it slightly one weird twisted tusk kind of quirked upwards I love that. <laughs> cherish you wanted to go up to sids yeah i have a quick question and i'm not sure if we've ever addressed this so i communicate with ta with taz fuck me with maz telepathically <laughs> with taz melopathically mm. um is what i almost said <laughs> Uh, but she is also aware of her surroundings mm -hmm. and, like, gains knowledge from her surroundings as well as my telepathic communications, right? Uh, you've gotten a sense over the course of using her as a font of knowledge that while you're reading a book, she is also reading it and probably doing a better job of absorbing the information. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, was would there have been any way for me to, while worrying about the thing that Puck said, for her to not know or find out? Or would she just know about that that thing happened because I've been kind of, uh, yeah, worrying about it? She can't read your mind. Okay. You communicate with her telepathically and that's like a projected thought that you have to consciously do okay so it's yeah it's something that i have to to just to be doing consciously okay as far as you know she wasn't present during your dream yeah, yeah. okay what does she have to say about all the stuff that just happened, or does she even care? She is in a darkling mood, it seems. And if you ask her opinion on things, she will say, This has given us even less of a reason to trust the old mage. What other secrets is she hiding? Yeah, I mean, haven't forgotten how much, 
how hard I had to work and how much I had to sneak to even get what information I could about outer planes while I was there. I suppose that was just the tip of the iceberg, though. Indeed. We must be wary of her in the future. And warier still of accepting any more of her aid. Yeah. Which is super unfortunate because I was defo going to drop off the deck of many things with somebody in connection to her just to make everyone else happy, but guess who's not gonna do that now? It's me. God, <laughs> God damn it, Cherish. <laughs> realize you were rather sore about not having a pocket watch but it may have been for the best yeah and it's not it's not the pocket watch it was more a principle thing like but it's i don't care i honestly mass i honestly don't care i'm sure listen <laughs> i'm doing my best over here <laughs> I just would like it would be nice to be recognized for the things that I do and my accomplishments is that so much to ask she is pointedly silent when you ask that question <laughs> <laughs> okay what and also <laughs> I'm about to drop, drop some whack shit I'm gonna go talk to Sid about to drop some whack shit so just so you're aware cool <laughs> Swerve. <laughs> it's all Gucci fam. Sag on him. <laughs> nah, that's a that's a mod thing. No, Maz doesn't know about Gucci fam. No. <laughs> Grip it and rip it. Stab <laughs> <laughs> that idiot in the side. <laughs> You go oh drop that tooth bomb. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh... Do you... Oh, did... was that knocking? Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doing some fully work over here. Yeah, no worries. Uh, <laughs> uh, come in. Hey. You just see Sid not sleeping, but kind of just, I think, lying, staring vacantly up towards the ceiling, just kind of almost dead eyed. Uh, Is there another chair in here? Nope. Okay. Uh, and there's, you said there's like a desk or a dresser or something? There is a wardrobe and a bed. Okay. Wow, there's really not a whole lot in here, huh? Um, Spared well, no expense. Yeah. I might actually want... I might actually stay in one of the VIP rooms. There's not mm. even a desk in here. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, Cherish will sit on the end of the bed and kind of hand you like a sandwich and a glass of water or something. Yeah, uh, Sid sits up and makes room. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um... Okay, I'm gonna say something 
this doesn't have anything to do with what just happened mostly. Um It's probably for the best. Yeah. Um while we were on the way to Stormhaven, I I had a I fell asleep on watch. Um but I had a weird dream where Puck came and asked me about angels. That was weird, but the kind of crux of the whole thing was a message that he left that said, you think that thing you wear is your forge bound. And I know that he's weird and I'm not really sure how much stock I put into that interaction, but with what just happened with Lucidity and talking about Stormpiercer and a ghost, I, I'm not really sure anymore. Yeah, uh, neither is Stormpiercer. Um, he just told me he doesn't think he's a forgebound item. Well, I'm glad we're sharing secrets now. Well, <laughs> I mean, I just shared a pretty big secret. I even hadn't even told Maz that. Yes, I am very upset about this, not going to lie. <laughs> sorry, I... I wasn't really sure how to tell you. It was Tell me that terrifying. an Archfey lied to you, deceived you, manipulated your dreams? See, and that's kind of what I thought you were going to say. Uh... <laughs> because, right, exactly, like, he could have totally been lying, like... He seems like a pretty mischievous dude. Why would he be telling the truth? Why would he tell me that? But of course, if he's so into chaos, oh, that'd be a cool thing to tell me, to rile me up and freak me out. Uh, is this Cherish speaking to Maz? Cherish is speaking out loud, and you're hearing yes. one half of this conversation. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, 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 gotcha. Uh, normally, I would agree with the fact that it's probably a lie. Uh, I have learned to not trust Archfey. Um, good, probably. I, it, it, yeah, yeah, definitely. We're so far all the ones we've interacted with. The best one attacked us with werewolves, so yeah. that was the nicest one. Um, but you know, with this whole thing, uh, Mike, what was the name that Lucidian said? It was uh, Storin. Storin. Mm -hmm. Doran. But after yeah, after that, I don't I don't even know. I don't even I don't even know anymore. Oh god. I was just I was starting to actually trust the old mage. There's your first oh, mistake. Bummer. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. I just I just wanted I just wanted somebody just some just the idea of somebody who we could at least rely on, you know? So it's not just us all of the time. I understand that impulse. For sure. It's 
It's really hard. We have a lot on our shoulders. But... I just... <laughs> yeah, I, just, I haven't trusted her since she just wanted to off the skein witch without trying to figure out what was and frankly that hasn't really changed I don't I just... think she actually wants to solve any of this no. <laughs> Mike is <laughs> uh, I need to like is there a way that I can turn other people's cameras <laughs> off? <laughs> I didn't do anything. God, and I can't see you guys, so I can just... I can only imagine the face that Mike you is know, making right now. Olivia, you know the face. Um, I do, it's, I it's do know one. the face. It's that one. That's um, the worst part. I call it my Grinch smile. <laughs> What if all this, the valley, everything, what if she set it up, you know what I mean? Like her little world to control. I don't know. Does that sound? I mean. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Because that's pretty fucked up. I mean, it would be pretty fucked up. Um, The thing. <sighs> It's, it's hard because I think that, you know, whatever, uh, um, oh my god, a apocalyptic, you know, magic thing, I, I do think that that happened. I, and I'm not sure if one person can just make the multiverse magic sick by themselves but i mean she's a level 20 wizard <laughs> <laughs> and on the empirical cherry oh, no. scale that's as high as it goes in, in my objective leveling <laughs> leveling uh system she's level 20 and that's like the highest yeah but in my leveling system i'm a level 35 so you know uh... so that would make her a level <laughs> 75? Uh, I don't Is really there... know. I'm not really good at, you know, um, math and, and whatnot, but um, no, this, this conversation does not happen. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but <sighs> So what do we do? And, and I think that maybe perhaps in the beginning it may have been uh Charitable is not the word I'm looking for. Um, altruistic. Altruistic. But 500 years. I mean, look what 500 years did to Darren Dunn. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that she, in those 500 years, she has not been able to figure out anything about what's going on in the extra planar but that I seems mean, weird yeah it seemed weird when like i was there asking her about it yeah and 
you know, kind of gets hand waved by the fact that she has to do the ritual to keep the storm the storm all up, which makes sense in a way, but also, yeah, like I don't know. I think maybe she's more concerned with saving everyone than actually saving everyone, you know? I think so. Yes. Stormpiercer will say, but what does this have to do with me not being a forgebound item? I don't know. We did sort of get away from that conversation. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm more concerned uh -huh. with that first part. Mm. I mean, I'm not really sure how we would even tell. I mean, the forge bond is such a like intrinsic cultural thing that, I mean, nobody really talks about it in terms of in my objective leveling system mechanics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if we were all playing a game... <laughs> uh, it would be full of dungeons and dragons. And dragons. At least and one. They wouldn't be nearly as terrible as the two we've met. <laughs> in my game. <laughs> I'm the new old mage. I'm the young I've, mage. You can call me the cool I've... mage. The cool the with it mage. You're that cool, <laughs> fun ants mage. Uh-huh. Um, that, yeah, I mean, God, like, I guess we could, I mean, it's, it's weird to, like, handle other people's forge-bound items, but, you know, we could probably talk to Etsuko about hers and maybe talk to Mm, Judah, I'm not so sure. Maybe all the threadless don't have forgebound items. It that was the thought like I was having. Bad yeah. data point, but you know, does Canaeus have one? I don't know. I haven't actually really talked to Canaeus much. Yeah, we got super high when I had watch with him, so I didn't like talk to him that much either. <laughs> what did it was good. But cactus juice? <laughs> oh no, this was like... It'll quench ya. Weed, uh, Sid. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, the the marijuana. <laughs> that good kush. That wacky tobacco. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, uh, I, I, I had to stay up though. with Darren a second time. <laughs> I've been smoking with Canaeus? Only once, but it was awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> Even when Darren's sober, he's kind of a bummer. Yeah. His wife died! <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so mean! I, I don't even know if I suppose. <laughs> I don't know if I say Darren that. Dunn, comma, dragon, comma, kind of a bummer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I'm one to talk. <laughs> um, oh man! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't even. It's I don't even have like a 
weird ghost thing to go off of. Like, I I made this and it came to life, I guess, is what, <laughs> is what uh, I suppose is what happened if it's not a Forgebound item. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe we can look into it here. I mean, yeah. who knows how long we're going to be here, so... Hopefully not long. I want... Yeah. I would... I'm hoping that we can get this figured out quickly. Yeah. Mostly because... Yeah. Partly because being here is awkward, and partly because we really need to... Get a lot you know, to do. Boogie. Yeah. Very busy. Well, um, eat. Yeah. Eat, rest. Come out when you're ready. Probably won't be for a bit, but... That's fair. Yeah. Um, thanks. Do you need a hug? Yeah. Okay. Hug it out. <laughs> and you hug. It is a good hug. A much needed one. Cherish, as you depart, you're hearing the uh, tones of Stormpiercer as you close the door, as he says, it didn't answer any of my questions. Okay. I don't know the answer, Stormpiercer. <laughs> Criminy. <laughs> He's a very pushy sort. This we know. And as you're coming down the the balcony again, there will be a sudden popping behind you, and you will see Arbidon standing there holding the largest stuffed owlbear you have ever seen in your <laughs> life. Wow! It is almost as big as you are. Damn! I could sleep on that. <laughs> and from behind the owlbear, he will say, I won this! <laughs> Damn, you must be really good at that Wacka-Goblin. I am the best at Wacka-Goblin! <laughs> <laughs> Tears are like, perks up at the table that she's at and is like, not for long. <laughs> and he will chuck the stuffed owlbear like over the railing and it'll land like with a poof in the middle of the practice arena. Nice. And he will, like, stretch a little bit and is like, okay, what did I miss, nerds? Well. Busy reading down here, reading books and stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. You missed yeah. an awkward family reunion and confrontation. Good. Yeah. <laughs> kind of jealous. Wish I had stayed up there and played skee-ball, to mm. be honest. Party games are always the better option, this is true. And he will sort of come to a, a bit of an abrupt halt as well as he sees Judah downstairs. And Judah is just sort of glancing at him with a raised eyebrow. And these two minotaurs are staring at each other. And uh, Arbidon is definitely looking at him like, like, there's something wrong with this picture. As you see this, like, monk robes dressed minotaur kind of like sitting piously reading a book. And he's like... Hey, new guy, what's up? Oh my God. Judah will say, Hello. Uh, 
You are one of the Rift Keepers, then. And Arbadon will say, Fuck yeah! <sighs> this looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Indeed. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> and these, these two introduce each other and, uh, trade nods. They don't get up so far as to, like, trade grips or anything. There's this awkward energy between the two of them that you can't quite parse. Um... There's definitely a sense of, like, Arbidon is looking for scars in this guy that don't exist, and Kanea, or uh, Judah is looking this guy's scars up and down with a sense of disapproval. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe out of character, not too difficult to parse, but perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually it begins swiling the way into early evening, and you will see that the, the, the infinite void of sky outside will quickly sweep into from pure daylight to night with stars revealed. It is a very abrupt transition, like somebody flipped a switch. Which they probably did. If you had it's to more guess. Of a lever. <laughs> <laughs> you all settle in, and uh, yeah, you will be finding your first night's rest here in Fair Aimsir at the the Halls of Wonder. <laughs> Whether that be downstairs or upstairs is up to you. Uh, but your dinner is quickly revealed to be a uh, a beautiful spread brought down by Mr. Fizzle Nozzle himself. Oh. Bereft of his clothing, uh, of jaunty entertainment, he will lead a floating platter, a tensor's floating disc, if you will, full of all sorts of food. Uh, it looks to be this strange, a series of strange, like, discs that are covered in cheese. I knew it. And I fucking knew it. <laughs> I was literally some kind. gonna say. There are a couple when, of them with vegetables. It's the, it's the strangest food you've ever seen. I, when you, literally, when you said a beautiful feast, I was gonna be like, oh my god, is it pizza? Please tell me it's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it's a gnomish delicacy. Oh, it's a flat, flat bread of some kind. Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it is Arbidon's favorite thing. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Uh-huh. And yeah, uh, there is a conversation to be had with Mr. Fizzle Nozzle here, but I think we're going to save that for next time. And as you all tuck into uh, what is going to be everyone's new favorite food from now on, this uh, strange <laughs> za, as uh, Mr. Fizzlenozzle calls it. Za, brah. It's za, brah. Uh, you all feel the tension beginning to seep out of the, the air around you as you tuck in, and uh, Judah begins uh, explaining where he comes from and his connection to Etsuko. And uh, Arbidon and Kanaeus are nearby and kind of flanking Etsuko a little bit as though kind of like protecting her, it seems. Like they're a little guarded of her. Um, mm. yes. But we leave you all in the, uh, the safety of the Halls of Wonder here in the center of Fair Ames here, a city 
locked down by magical wards, isolated from the rest of the valley. Safe, at least for the time being. Across the valley, distant from this place of safety, there is a, a wide, rolling marshland where three months ago there was not. The waters of this place are dark, sticky, and far too hot, even given the turning of the seasons. There is a thickness to the sludge that is produced by this water. It has a molasses-like quality that clings to the boot, that sticks into the nose if one were to fall into it. The taste of it is better left unsensed. There is a cry and a roar somewhere in the distance. There's a bloom of flame. There's a growl of some great metal beast. Somewhere a war begins. A war that should not be taking place on this plane. But there is a horn that sounds. There is another flash of red blooming light. There is someone who takes charge. And there's someone whose mother is very proud of him, as he does. And I think that's where we're going to leave it tonight <laughs> on Material Components. Because oh, no. as always, you can find us on Twitter at MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. Especially in these times, we like hearing from all of our listeners. Please reach out. Please say hello. Let us know you're out there. Do it. Yeah. Let us it. know you're okay. Because uh, we're not. <laughs> That's thick. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um... I just figured out who Valor's mom is. Okay. Probably. Maybe. Valor's mom is Batman. Valor's mom yeah. is Batman. It's true. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. That's not where yeah. I went with that, but. Yeah, okay. that's not where I went either, but that's. You guys, you guys yeah. really have to pay attention like <laughs> I do. Yeah, guys, come on. <laughs> please. <laughs> the clues are there. Yeah. Fucking. You, you all the clues. I gave you all the clues. You could have seen her. Uh, I am on Twitter at cryoutolivia. Um, yeah, I'm so bored. You guys, come hang out. Come hang out, please. Come talk to um. me about DOS because I keep dying, and it's really. Fuck Divinity Original Sin. Just kidding, I love that game, but I'm bad so at it. Good. I'm real bad at it's video all games. About get, it's all about getting your getting your, your sneak attack off. First round, just destroy everything. Uh, anyways, um, if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, you can do so at the Redimus. Um I dude dudes, I, I don't know. Just just send me something 
<laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, um, funny, funny joke. Yeah. Funny joke. Yeah. Uh, speaking of funny jokes, you can rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you consume it on. And when you do, you can include the name of an NPC in the subject line. And that name could be very <laughs> silly and very funny. And we will put it in. It's true. I will. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. It's it doesn't matter what the name is. We will put that name in. Um, no, 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 no. It could well, be anything. Hopefully it matters no. a little. Anything <laughs> yeah, can but... sound fantastical with enough apostrophes inserted into it. Exactly. So so please, please do that. It's really nice hearing from you guys. Um, and it really helps us out um, when you review our, pat- our podcast. Uh, so please do that. Indeed. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at MKGurgoni. Please talk to me about all the things that I'm doing wrong in this podcast in terms of how the planes work and my descriptions therein, because <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's my world, suckers. Anyway. <laughs> Has anyone called you out on no. that? <laughs> okay. I was like, good. Motherfuckers. Um, but you can, of course. <laughs> no, that was just me being really aggro for no good reason. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a lot of residual leftover Lucidian anger in me. Um, sure, don't we all? But <sighs> no, you can also find our good good friend Omatep over at on Twitter at npc underscore an because even when he is ramping up for some good old fashioned war profiteering, uh, he is of <laughs> course an important NPC. Bummer, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Omatep. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank oh, you all so much for listening. And now more than ever, the world is chaos. So please be kind to one another. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.